Hello, welcome to the Blank Check. I'm producer Ben, and today is our second installment of Best of Moments from our days as a Star Wars prequels podcast. Uh, you might notice I, I sound a little under the weather, uh, but don't worry, I'm fine. As always, I, I need to uh, remind our listeners that while we are in fact a no-bits podcast, no-bits, pros-bits, the running bit was that Griff and David were only aware of the first two Star Wars prequels, The Phantom Menace, and now this time around, The Attack of the Clones. Please enjoy the best of The Attack of the Podcast. Right, and we spent 10 episodes talking about George Lucas's film, The Phantom Menace. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, we thought it was a one and done. We yeah, we thought, thought it was the only film in this series. We knew he had grand ambitions right, for a saga. Yeah, we thought right. they didn't work, but old Georgie Porgy pulled a fast one on yeah, us. Yeah, we dug it up. That crazy son of a bitch did it. F2. He pulled it off. Attack the clones. It makes sense because episode one made about a billion dollars. That was the weird thing in our logic was we knew that episode one was at the time of its release the third highest grossing film of all time. And we but we st- just could not think of that sequel. Yeah. Anyway, we it's both here had now. seen it. We totally forgot about it. Right. Uh, I don't know if that logically makes any sense. Um, but uh, th- here we are. Episode two. We're yep. cracking into it. And of course, we know I, that's the last one. You know, we thought it was a one and done. We thought it was a Jupiter ascending, if you will. Yeah. But it wasn't. Now we realize. A rocketeer. Yeah. Now it's like a, an amazing Spider Man 2. They got two films into what was supposed to be a much larger saga. Then, there were a lot of threads that aren't resolved. Oh, boy. But now we have the second film and we get to look at where we thought it was going. A lot of threads not resolved in, from this film. Oof. So, first and foremost, this is a sequel. Yeah, to it is. W- it's a honking sequel to one movie. Okay, yes, a sequel to the one <laughs> I film think we've established, which that. is called The Phantom Menace. Senator Amidala, Ooh, the wow. former Queen of Naboo, wow, is returning to the Galactic Senate to vote on the critical issue of creating an army of the Republic in capital letters. Now that's a big deal because she hates the Senate to the assist the overwhelmed Jedi. I mean, I love this. I, I like it. I don't know if love. I I was we were talking before, and I was like, oh yeah, it's better. But like, there is a lot of talk of like Senate votes. I don't know. It's if better it's, than trade routes. A hundred percent. Yeah. I don't know if it's like Stockholm syndrome. If I'm just so happy to see another face yes, for the first right. time it's in a while. It's just new plot. New plot. I got rock hard at that crawl. Ooh. I did. Was it at um, uh, Army of the Republic in capital letters? Every part of it. I just like that we're getting so much information. Yeah. Okay. Turmoil. Great. We know that. Ooh. All these different planets have left. Yeah. So, so Civil War. Right. The power, you know, it, there used to be this united universe, mm-hmm. and now it's all split apart and, and also, drift. it's moving on elements we know from The Phantom Menace. Yes. The Senate was all fucked up in The Phantom Menace. Right. Valorum was a weak chancellor. Yeah. The cracks were showing, and yeah. now they have, like, you know, they've come to form. One of my many problems with uh, The Phantom Menace is that it was really taking baby steps towards something. Sure. It felt like he had a longer story he wanted to tell, and he was moving very slowly towards very it. Very slowly. And this Not crawl, much happens. No, at all. This crawl is immediately right. sort of like- It's a good point. Getting the action I wish had happened within Phantom Menace Phantom Menace way. is one planet is having one dispute yeah. with the Trade Federation. Attack of the Clones is the entire galaxy yeah. is about to be, is on the brink of war. Right. The Galactic Senate, apparently, I guess it seems like the Republic doesn't have an army, yeah. which was never addressed in the Bible, but it makes sense. There's yeah. no army. It's the just Separatists the, have the battle droids. The Jedis keep the peace, but yeah. apart from that, you know, like maybe people have their own armies, I don't know. But yeah, so this is an, a Republic army. And if there's more, created. you know, sort of discord throughout the, the universe, the Jedis aren't going to be able to, you know, 
there's only so much they can do. Yeah. They, they can maintain the peace when there's not that much to maintain. Yeah. When things are pretty civil. Right. Um, but I like this, too. I mean, we said, oh, those Jedi, the Jedi Council, they're so smug. They're so calm. They're so judgmental. I like this immediately taking them out of their comfort zone. Right. They're stretched too thin. You know? I do. Like, already it sounds like they're addressing a lot of our complaints yeah, about the Yeah, because in first the first movie. movie, the Jedi just walk in and they're like, we're handling this. Right. Don't worry about it. This will be easy. Right. They're Negotiations be were short. No staid, like, fucking, like, discourse yeah, about, No you know. tea services. Right. Right. This is like... <gasps> oh, there's no TC-14, though. Is that... Don't, yeah. I, All right. I know, okay. I know. I know. I know. Yeah, it's okay. I know. Well, I mean, we actually didn't talk about it, but TC-14 almost certainly dies at the end of Phantom Menace when her donorship is blown up. I really don't want to talk okay. about yeah. it. I'm amazed we never talked about that. Yeah, uh, for a very, very yeah, good yeah, I never reason. thought about it. Yeah, she's yeah. dead, probably. <laughs> yeah. The same reason I know my grandma isn't dead, because I never had to see her dead body. All right. They Edit can tell me whatever they want, but I didn't look inside the box, so I know she's still alive and just isn't calling me and hasn't for the last 15 years. Is that is that worse, that she doesn't like you anymore? I, I don't know. She, it's, she's uh, 98 years old. She can do whatever she wants. Now, this film came out three years after The Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. So, whereas, you know, Portman is kind of being aged up. Yes. She's being, I think she's actually about her actual age now. Maybe she's playing a little older than she actually is. Was she playing younger in the first movie? I think she was. Because I think in the first movie she was supposed to be like 14, and the actors are probably more like 16, 17. But Natalie Portman's a tiny woman, and she looks like a yeah, little no, girl. Yeah, it, no, it, 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 it works. She doesn't feel as old in this movie as I think her character's supposed to be. And Yeah, and I know what you mean. Here's a All point right. I want to get to right off the bat. Yeah. I don't know if it's just because it's fucking in the news, it's topical, it's been on mind, I've been really obsessively following this story. What story? Especially in this scene where she talks to Palpatine, but also throughout the entire film. Is there not like a weird Rachel Dolezal thing going on no, with Padme what are you in talking this movie? About? What do you mean? Her first, I don't want to talk about Rachel scene, Dolezal. This scene with Palpatine, she's got this weird permed hair, and she's very much dressed like an African dignitary. It's just on your mind. I need Is to it? rewatch it. I remember what you're talking about. She has like a weird hairstyle. I also scene. feel like she's weirdly bronzed in this movie. I think that they just were completely out of ideas with the makeup and the hair. They w- ran through a, all their good ideas. You know, they had. Mask. They were like, Jesus, a whole other movie of costumes and shit. And now she's a senator, so it can't be quite as ostentatious. Her style it's, is terrible in this movie. Oh, yeah, it is. It's bad. The only time she looks good is at the end when she's in just the the white jumpsuit. Like that's she looks me, her best. It felt very no, you're out of your mind. Inspired by no, it African. Didn't. It's not in. Well, oh maybe I'd have to rewatch it. If you mean generally inspired and by African clothing. Also looks All right, kind of like... I don't know. I don't want to talk about Rachel Dolezal. And the, and here's another theory I had. Okay, mm. I feel like the the I, I'm gonna still talk about this for a second. <laughs> I feel like the the skin coloration of the actors is a little weird this movie. Really? Yeah. I feel like the skin tones are unnatural in this film. What? Part of this has to do with, and we're going to devote an entire episode to this, this was the first major right. studio film shot on video as opposed to film. On digital video. Right. Yeah. Not on VHS, which would have been great. Which would have been amazing. <laughs> but, uh-huh. uh, it was shot on, on... Shot and delivered, right? Like yes. delivered and, and as a hard drive yes. to a... a Movie yeah, on, on what was at the time the highest available resolution for video, and now is a very low resolution. Right, uh, and the film does not look incredibly good for that reason. It doesn't look great at times. Yeah. It looks okay, but it doesn't look great. I would argue the Blu-ray the entirely... transfer is okay, 
digital shots look great. And anytime there's a human element, it looks a little... That is... That's fair. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I think uh, lighting, a digital uh, video was a new thing so to them. So you're saying, like, the makeup's Applying just off. makeup. Right. I think the makeup is off, and I think the other element is episode one shot in UK. Uh, yeah, well, this one's shot in the UK, too. I believe this one was shot in Australia. I'm sure, but really, I'm gonna look that. You up. can correct me on this. I am almost well, certain this film was the shot entire in Australia. movie. I believe this entire film was shot green screens in Australia. You're right. Oh Thank my god, you. at Fox Studios in Sydney. Yep. Pick up shots at Ealing in, in Britain, but Pick mostly ups. no, 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 no. You're right. Yeah. And then some Tunisia, obviously that's yeah. Tatooine, and some uh, Plaza de España in Seville. I assume that's some of the uh, Naboo stuff. Yes. But yeah. So. My point is, Natalie Portman is a very, very fair-skinned lady. She uh-huh. much like me. Oh, you're saying she has just... transparent Jew flesh. I guess so, but you're saying she was just spending some time at the beach in the sun. It's and a then hot country. There, there is a one scene in the motion picture draft day. It's my first scene in the movie. Yeah. Where I, the weekend before, had gone to a theme park. Right. You know, you're right. You do look kind of tanned in draft day. Yep. Especially, yeah. Well, I'm thinking of that scene. It's my first scene. Yeah, I know. I in know. the film. I had gone to a theme park the day before with my buddy Tim Simons, who has of of Veep fame, been in talks to be on this podcast. He needs to be on it. We need to Jesus, get him. Jesus, Tim. Tim, please. Does he listen? I don't know, but he wants to be on it. I, I really want listens. him to listen to, to it. it. I want Me Tim too. Simons to hear my voice. Tim, you were great in Veep. This if season, you're listening, this, please Veep, yeah. tweet it, Tim, and tell him to Timothy C. Simons. Is it C? Yeah, Timothy, Timothy C. Simons. Simons please tweet him and tell him to be on this podcast. Yep. Yeah. Um, God. That'd be great. It'd be great. He's he's great. He's one of the greats. He is one of the greats. Um, I, I love him. There's a great theme park in um, Ohio. It's like the best theme park in America. What's it called? Uh, Cedar Rapids. Oh, okay. I've heard of that place. Cedar Falls. Yeah, Cedar Rapids is a movie. Yeah. Uh, they have a ride based on the movie. Oh, it sounds great. Uh, no, it's called Cedar Falls. So you spend it's some in time in, in, a, in, a hot tub, in a swimming pool, in a hotel swimming pool with a topless in Haish. Yes, yeah, that's exactly. The ride. Yeah. Uh, we're way off track. We went on all these roller coasters for a day. Got really sunburnt. The next day, we were filming my first scene in the movie. Yeah. You shoot things out of order. Right. And, and they were little... like, you don't look the same. This whole movie takes place on one day, on the titular draft day. Right. We've shot the scenes that take place 30 <laughs> minutes after this. And your skin is an entirely different color. Because I don't crazy. tan, I burn. You just burn. So they had to try to put pale makeup over my sunburn. And I look, my, as my sister put it, in my first scene in the movie, look and I quote my sister, very Hispanic. <laughs> You're a little Puerto Rican boy. I look like a little Puerto Rican boy. I look like Elian Gonzalez. And then it goes away. But for the first scene, I look very doll-like and weird. Mm-hmm. And I think the combination of shooting on video, and that wasn't a tested thing, and you light things differently on video. We spent a lot of time on this. I get it. Their, their skin's a little tanned. And I think combined with the hair <laughs> and the outfits... Let us never speak of this again. Padme looks like Rachel Dolezal. If anyway. you have an opinion, tweet at us. <laughs> hashtag... Padme Dolezal. Pas- hashtag Ask Rachel. That's the uh, that's the hashtag. Ask Rachel. That's the like funny hashtag on Twitter where you wanna oh really make fun of her. Yep. We don't know. We're using our own hashtag. It's oh, hashtag Padme Dolezal and tweet yes or no. Hashtag Padme Dolezal. <laughs> You're a monster. Jar Jar is right, so happy there. to he's, see he's his he's old like, friends. Me, me, so Jar Jar. If it's possible, Jar Jar even comes off more stupid in this film than it's the last one. He has less to do but his dialogue now that he's he, in an official I, position. We should address the fact that it's pretty obvious George Lucas realized or realized that people didn't like Jar Jar because oh. he is in like three scenes. And there's a moment. Like, 
it's so contrasted yeah. with the Phantom Menace where Jar Jar is in scenes he shouldn't be in, and mm-hmm. in this scene, Jar Jar is in no. Like, he just has way, this section way, of the plot. He's only there when he needs a to tiny, be. tiny section of the plot. Uh, there is a moment when he walks past the camera and gives this like smirk. He does. That's like fuck you. Yeah. It's like Jar Jar saying fuck you to the audience. Like I'm still here. <sighs> so yeah, he's there, and you're right. He does seem more annoying. It's because he. Uh, like, people take him seriously. And has not aged a bit in 10 years. Well, we don't know how the Gungans age. I'm not saying physically, I'm saying mentally. Okay, that's true. We all get wiser with <laughs> age. True. How is he a senator? Right? He's a senator. He seems dumber than he did before. It's true. And it's like, you know, I don't believe in, like, you know, a cultural homogenization. But I do think if you're a senator, be a professional. Learn, learn how to fucking... Be a professional. Proper syntax, Jar Jar, you know? Whatever. We've talked so much about the Gungans, and okay, so he's excited to see them, and Padme yep. walks in, and and like doesn't really react. Is like, nice to see you, thank you for coming. Yeah, she doesn't even seem to acknowledge them as uh, her friends because she's too busy being, being worried that someone's gonna catch her for being white. <laughs> you wanna buy some death sticks? Now we're seeing like the dregs, a little of bit, Coruscant. a little bit. I like the slums of Coruscant. Yeah, we get more of that. Yeah, it's, we'll get more it's of that. Sort in a of second. like uh, I, I feel like it's a little like 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 Tokyo inspired. Sure. A lot of bright colors and light. Hong Kong. Uh, dark density. Density. Yep. Um, very mechanical. Tall towers. Yeah. Anyway, she is given this tube, like yeah, you say. Goes, uh, whatever he says, there he goes. Fucking, you know what to do with this. Yeah, exactly. And then, I know what to do with this. And she pilots a little drone over to her, Amidala's bedroom. Yeah, she loads it, this little tube into the drone. And it drops two poisonous worms. Yeah, it's these gross slugs. And uh, and we, we find out, right, did you say this already, that Anakin had to turn off the camera because Padme didn't like him watching her? Oh, right, that was the thing. So R2's in there. R2's, R2's in. back, by the way. R2's back. R2's back. The, the hyperdrive repairing droid we all yep. know and love. He's back. Yeah, as her senator droid. I don't know. What I'm his surprised job of all is. the characters to bring back. He's he's a Not weird one. Not that interesting a character in the first movie, but here he is. He's better in this one, actually. Uh, he has like 18 times more things to do in this one. It is crazy how much R2 does. He's and... maybe the third lead of this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they put R2 in as like a room guard. Like, do you remember as a kid you'd have those room guards? Yeah, no, those exactly. Room guards right. where it was like all it could sense is if something walked by, it would make a noise. He's not that good. No. Uh, so but that's he's all he in there. Do. If something also, already is walking by say, him, Padme's already picking up a creepy, like fuckboy vibe yeah, from Anakin. Like, like, like Don't why are you fucking watch me? Yeah, right. Because she wants to like masturbate in peace. That's the thing. Her his job is watch after me, but she's like, don't watch me like that. Yeah, right. He's like, what do you mean? I'm doing. Buddy. I'm doing what you told me to. Excuse and she's me, like, princess. I can tell how you're fucking watching me. You're watching me in a gross sex hole way. Don't and, do it. Anyway, the worms come in. They almost get her. It's a nice little scene. R2 alarm goes off. No, I think the Jedi's just sense it. Remember? R2's scanning. There's He's like scanning, but the Jedi's just are t- Obi-Wan and Anakin talking about like the shit that Obi-Wan just took. They flip and then in, they're like, they I sense it too. Toys. And then they run in there and the, and uh uh Anakin chops the little worms in half. I actually like that. It's very cool because he does it very cleanly, but it's like right by her neck, you know. So then they look and they're like, Where where are these things coming from? They see the drone outside the window. Jumps, Obi-Wan goes like, I'm on it. Jumps through the window and grabs it. It's grabs pretty cool. It's pretty badass. It is pretty cool. And so now Obi-Wan is like flying yes, through the through dregs the space of traffic. Yeah. Like the lower level. I guess so. We're not on the floor yet. We're in the, you know, he's he's in the air because it's flying around. Okay. If we go like Coruscant, since it's all one city, mm-hmm. uptown, downtown, midtown wouldn't be relative. Yeah. It's like uh, sky it's, high. It's height. You know, I get you. So uptown would be like the Jedi Council, the right. Senate, these tall buildings that are very clean and sort of silvery. We're going down and it's like. 
you know, murky colors with neon you know, lights. Yeah, it's kind we're of Blade like runner with all the with all the neon lights and stuff like that. We're in Midtown, yeah. so we're like right above the downtown buildings, I would say. Except Blade Runner, obviously, is like a masterpiece of design, and this is like completely half-assed and doesn't look that good. Yeah, but I like that it's we're got, getting a different kind of so energy. I do too, because Anakin hot wires, I think, like a little car. Oh, a speeder. Yeah, the, right? The very Does he just steal it? I, w- I wasn't clear if that's like theirs or if he just nicks it. No, he nicks it. Yeah. Uh, it's a speeder. Yeah. And Anakin knows his speeders I know. because we, he we've talked the about test it. and it's different than a yeah, spaceship. Yeah, ship, speeder. Yeah. Um, we've talked about it. Oh, I know we've So he about. steals the speeder and they, yeah, they're in pursuit. Yeah. And I would say this is a successful part of the film. It could too. be a lot better, but it works pretty well. Like, there's some banter. There's a good action sequence right and up at the top. We're invested in who the characters chase. are. It's new. It looks different from, you know, you're yeah. still, like you're saying, we're seeing Coruscant. Uh, it's happening in the, you know the surface, so there's cars flying everywhere. It's like a totally different environment, and there are a lot of character beats within it. I yeah. mean, like Obi Wan is holding onto this drone, flying through. Eventually, he ends up in the speeder with Anakin, mm-hmm. and it becomes a running bit of like how dangerous a driver Anakin is. He's a he's he's crazy, and he does all kinds of wacky stunts, and he's always losing his lightsaber. I wouldn't say it's funny. But I would say it's it is okay. attempting to it's be much funny in a way elevator. I appreciate. I agree. It's no. like a shitty rush hour ripoff where it's like, man, what have I told you about? Like, I don't love the delivery of I hate when he does that, when yeah. Anakin jumps out of the car to land on her space car. Zam Wessel, that's her name, yes. right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I appreciate it. Like, that's the thing to aim for. I like the direction they're going into. Here's the big point, though. Uh, they've just left Padme by herself. That is true. Their one job is was there any protector watch there? Uh, yeah. No. Oh, R two D two, who fucking failed before. Jar Jar, Jar Jar's out. He wasn't. He's not in her bedroom. It's true. Why? Right now, she's defenseless. Why doesn't another assassin, the the silver yeah. guy? Why doesn't he just show up and just fucking shoot her dead right there? Or and also, then? why doesn't like Obi Wan jump on the the drone and Anakin go like, "Well, I'll stay here." Well, Anakin's obviously. impulsive though. I mean, that's part of it, right? He, I know. It's a, he does a lot of impulsive things. He flies through some power couplings, yeah. and Obi Wan complains about that. He loses his lightsaber, <laughs> and then they land at a bar, which is a good scene. It's once again a very different environment than we've seen in Phantom Menace. Ben doesn't like it. They landed ben a bar. Hates this movie. Ben hates this podcast. They landed a bar. No, I don't hate this podcast. No, but you do hate this movie. I can now oh, grab it's Ben. She has been worse. Ben, okay, of the three movies we've discussed on this podcast, all three of which you hate, mm. how would you rank The Judge, Phantom Menace, and Attack of the Clones? Oh, that's so tough. Well, we're just getting into it, so I'll I'll say Attack is like I can ma- bear. It's fresh. Yeah, it's fresh. It's still got some. Intrigue I haven't had to listen to like nine more episodes yet. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll go Judge next. And you then- hate Phantom Menace more than the wow, Judge? Yeah, yeah, I do. I definitely hate the Judge the most. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, no question. Yeah. I mean, I didn't watch the whole movie. I think yeah, I like that. I think I like Phantom the best. <laughs> uh, of I, these three movies, I like Attack right now. All right, well, let's see. Anyway. I just want to get to, I like that scene where they go to the bar and Mouse from The Matrix yeah. uh, says, do you want some death sticks? One of my two like, you don't favorite characters in the film. Oh, is, is that fucking guy? Evan Sleesbagano is his name. <laughs> That's his name. <laughs> so his name is Evan. I'm sorry, it's Evano. So it's not a human name. They added an O at the end, so it sounds different. Oh, sure. Evano. Because he's on, he's got like hair or ears or something or antenna. Yeah. Sleaze. Bagano. <laughs> Fun sidebar. 
Uh, a couple months ago, so I was uh, talking to my uh, agents sure. who were responsible for trying to make sure my career mm-hmm. uh, exists. Sure. Do they listen to the podcast? No. This is the very point I'm building up to right now. Go ahead. And I was like saying, like, ah, I want to do a podcast. I'm like trying to figure out what to make a podcast about. And they were like, well, the thing you're best at is like talking about movies. But I feel like it's dangerous for you to do a podcast about movies because you'll end up publicly going on the record speaking about a lot of things you don't like when you might then have to get jobs from those people. Sure. That's a good point. Uh, I'm probably ruining my career. Whatever. Trevor is not even making Jurassic Park 5. Yeah, it's great. I don't care about speaking shit about Colin Trevor, the man who directed the biggest opening weekend of all time. No, it's the second biggest. No, it in the final numbers, it <gasps> now is a bigger it opening weekend. It beat Avengers? Yeah, it's the number one highest grossing. That's a bummer because I really like I like that the Avengers was on top. Yeah, That's too. a nice movie. Yeah. Uh, Jurassic World's a piece of shit, and I hope Colin Trevor doesn't hire me. <laughs> I just said that. Should I? Uh... No, keep that in. Okay. I'm gonna Who could you this. have played in Jurassic World? I guess the Jake Johnson part. But Jake Johnson actually did a great job. He's the one good character in that film. We can't talk about Jurassic World anymore. I don't want to dignify it Fair with enough. the attention. It's like the Rachel Dolezal of movies. All it wants is our attention for acting <laughs> So out. stop giving it attention and her. Okay, we're not going to talk about them. But she's a great lady. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so to we're kind of wrapping up on this opening sequence, which I think is what we're discussing. Evan sleeps back now. We're talking about subtext. So I was saying the subtext in Jurassic World is is kind of in anti- Jurassic World. <laughs> I'm saying the subtext, yeah, in Jurassic oh, World is kind of anti-feminist, right? Oh, sure. If right. only subtly, right? Intended or no, there it is. And I think George is doing an interestingly similar thing here in this scene. Mm. Okay, so we're watching the movie. We're going, well, it's a movie made by a man, but it's not all biographical, and he's not on screen. I don't know how he feels about everything. For example. I don't know how George Lucas feels about cigarettes as a concept. Sure, I guess so. They never come up. Okay, then a character walks up. <laughs> you want to buy some Netflix? He's got a gross voice. Yep. He talks He's... like Watto. A little bit. But his voice is clearly modulated. Yeah, yeah in there's post. something. Yeah. Uh, he uh, lo- by... looks unhealthy. Yeah. I'll say he's got like rings around his eyes. Right, and like, he's in a sleazy bar. He's in a sleazy bar. Yeah. They don't say this on screen, but his name is Evan Slees Bagano. Right. And he says, hey, do you want to buy some uh, death sticks? And Obi-Wan literally brainwashes him. Like, yeah, yeah, says, like, uh, yeah, those you, are not good for you. Don't you. Want, you don't want to buy me, sell me death sticks. And he's like, I don't want to sell you death sticks. He's yeah. like, you want to go and make something of your life. He says the, the, those will harm you. Like, he says, like, those are not good for you. And he goes, they're not good for me. Like, he says something that's like, you shouldn't sure. smoke those right. such a bad right. for you. So call me crazy. I think You're George crazy. Lucas doesn't like cigarettes. Okay. I don't like cigarettes either. I'm with you, George. No, but I'm saying I think maybe death sticks are meant to represent cigarettes. Uh, yeah, okay. What are you, where are you going with and this? And maybe the fa- I'm saying that there's an interesting subtextual thing it's going not on subtextual. here. It's very subtle. It's very subtle. <laughs> what are you talking But here's this character. His name's Evan Sleazebag. All right, I've had so we're supposed to think that he's a sleazebag. <laughs> he offers death sticks. They look like cigarettes. I think the death sticks are supposed to be like drugs. But sure, I'm with you. He's a sleazebag. Wikipedia character spotlight. I got his first name wrong. His name is Elan Sleazebagano. Great. Elan Sleazebagano. He's a male Balasar death stick dealer on the planet Coruscant during the uh, ses- secessionist moment. Hmm, this uh, actor's name, he was Mouse in The Matrix. Uh, Matt Doran. Yeah. He never had a career, but he did have that one. So good in these two See, movies. Sure. My favorite character in each film, maybe. I like him in The Matrix. He's not my Alan favorite Alan was on Coruscant, the capital of the Galactic Republic during the secessionist moment, movement, uh, shortly before the battle. This doesn't tell you anything. All right, who cares? Like I said, Wikipedia is not good for Attack of the Clones. Yeah, this one's really... What is your point? You had a point you were building to, I feel like. Maybe? Did I think George Lucas is anti-cigarettes? <laughs> no, not that point. That The, the first no. 20 minutes of the noir movie... Well, I'm saying... No, my point is, that's why, once again, 
we're making our first episode the beginning of the film. Right. Because we want to look at what the film sets up and whether or not the film plays off of that, builds off of that, and and plays out what is established in the in the first chunk. Sure. Uh my my point I'm building up to is I'm setting the stage for a fucking great ten episode run of Attack of the Podcast. Uh, what will happen next? What's gonna happen next? We've seen the whole thing. We know, but will what's Obi-Wan gonna happen? Will Obi Wan go to a diner? Oh, God. <laughs> Time can only tell. <laughs> <laughs> will Anakin ride a headless blob rhino? I don't know how to describe yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Me. Uh, you know, because yes. as, as we've acknowledged, like, ever since we remembered that this movie existed, like, our memories have unclouded a little bit, mm-hmm. and we've remembered that we actually saw it in theaters a bunch, and, like, we're fully aware of its existence. Yeah, it's all coming back to us now. Yeah. Attack of the Clones made uh, $302 million at the box office. Well, I'm saying for Phantom Menace. I know, Menace, Phantom right? Menace yeah. made okay. $431 million. You were okay. correct. Okay, so I was... Bam! Right on there. And <laughs> Attack of the Clones was how much? 200? $300? $300 million. 302. Okay, so, so 300 right in the nugget, but we're talking- But it made 650 worldwide. Uh, this is before the international market. But I, I love that we're starting out with such boring nitty And Phantom Menace made a billion dollars worldwide. But that's also including the 3D rerolls. Fine. Um, but there's a steep drop off between the two. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of just, I think, maybe excitement being let out of the balloon. Yeah. And uh, title being Attack of the Clones. And uh, it wasn't it wasn't a good promotional campaign. No, it's not. It was not an. Ex- you were just not as. There's nothing like you know. There was nothing to grab onto. Like what he can't fall in love. Oh, let me let me Great. buy my ticket and, now. And yeah. also, that first movie was not good, and people didn't want to see wow. the second movie. Ben well, reminds us. Controversial opinion from producer Ben, aka the Ben Deucer, aka producer Ben, Hello, aka Fennel. the Haas, aka Hello Fennel, aka the Poet Laureate, who, Scoop David, I don't know if you know this. I didn't. Today when we are recording this episode, which you are not here for at least five days because we record them about a week in advance, is, bum 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 bum, Ben's birthday. Wait, today's Ben's birthday? Today's Ben's birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Ben. Thanks, guys. Aw, how old are you? I'm 30. Woo! Nailing it. Yeah. Yep. 30 years old. So you are, what's today's? Okay. Wait, I'm trying to figure out what your zodiac is. I'm a cancer. You're a cancer. Yep. Classic. I'm pretty emotional today too, so I'm living up to it. Great. Uh um, how how do you feel about uh spending your birthday talking about Attack of the Clones? Uh it's good. It's a good distraction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's what all this is all for all of us. No, it's I was looking I was looking forward to today. Yeah. That's good. Uh I'm excited to get to relive Attack of the Clones. Once more. Once again. For the second time out of ten. <laughs> so this is going to be a clones-based episode. We're going to dig into the clones. But housekeeping, yeah, right. it's Ben's birthday. Check. Everyone send him a fucking happy birthday message Woo. a week from now when you hear this podcast. Send Hashtag him a belated- happy birthday, fennel. Yes. Yeah, great. Uh, <laughs> please uh, bake him a fennel cake. Um, Not a funnel cake, though. Not a funnel cake. No. Uh, it can be a fennel cake in the shape of a funnel, That's but fine. it has to be. But it must be made of fennel. Um, yes. Now, just just so I'm clear, mystical fighting order, right? Mm-hmm. Jedi's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They put this one guy on the case. One guy. Yep. Okay. He goes to a forensics expert, let's say, sure. his buddy at a 50s diner. Yep. Right. Okay. And now he's going to the archives. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So Armed this with did... the knowledge that this is from the planet Camino. Great. Yeah. All right. right. I just wanted to make sure that's that... the thread so far. I mean, when you put it like that, Ben, it sounds great. Yeah. It sounds, though, like a ridiculous detective movie. It does. Yeah, yeah it's it does. so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the basics of it. You know, yeah. there's not a lot of intricacy to it. It's like they get the assassin, the assassin dies, the dart. 
uh, where does this point to? Camino. All right. You know, like, well, they're, the they're moving pretty quickly. Up until this point, you're like, maybe he's going to have to keep on searching, and we're going to see every time we cut back to Obi-Wan, he's in a different place, talking to a different person, right. meeting all different, you know. Nope. No. But I like the direction it's going into up until this point. Goes to the library. Jocasta New. Jocasta New. Good old Jocasta New wearing librarian. a kimono. She is the Jedi librarian. And she's got, like, chopsticks in her hair. She's got chopsticks in her hair. Um, she's a real fuddy-duddy. Fun fact about Jocasta New. Nope. I got there one for you. There aren't any of those. I got one for you. Go ahead. A little merchandise spotlight. Jocasta New was made into an action figure only a couple years ago after rampant fan demand. She was, no joke, the most demanded, unmade Attack of the Clones character. Why? I don't know, but fans are going berserk. They were just kept on sending emails going, make us Jocasta new. And they were like, it was 13 years ago. Get over it. She's also, like, so annoying. Yeah. Like, she, to me, represents everything that sucks about the Jedi, which is, like, Obi-Wan is, like, uh, Kamino is missing from the our Jedi archives. Like, it's this planet should be here, and it's not here. And she, rather than... Like, say, like, wow, that's weird. She's like, if it's not in the archives, it doesn't exist. She's throwing a lot of shade. Like, she can't accept the uh, that the integrity of her system could have been breached. So instead, a whole planet must not exist. But she also says it with, like, a kind of mean girl, like, well, if it's not in here, then it doesn't exist because I do my job correctly. Yeah. Obi-Wan should be like, yo, there's been a breach. Like, you should be fired. Because he goes to Yoda, and Yoda runs the question by a bunch of six-year-olds, and the six-year-olds are like, someone deleted it. Yeah. <laughs> like, the six-year-olds can figure it out. Yeah, he's like, how, if there's a planet that's not in the library, how can it exist? And a six-year-old's like, well, someone took it out of the in, library. In, That's the... By the way, one of the most wrenchingly awkward, like, it takes forever. You notice being so sweet and sickly. Yeah. Master Yona? Someone deleted from the Jedi archive. I love those kids. I love those uh, little you're, Jedi you're, you're, This is, I think there's more tension between us this time. Like, yeah, you're I a little more on the side <laughs> of Attack of the Clones Wars. I'm, like, a little pissed off at it. You're definitely a little pissed at it. I I'm... was so pumped for it, and then yeah. it was a really annoying disappointment. I'm charmed by so much of it. Mm-hmm. But, I get that. Yeah. Um, so they tell I am him, too. They tell him uh, it's not in there, right? And uh, yeah, they, they tell him it's not in there. Yes. Yeah. How does he find it then? I already forget how he then finds it. Um, I guess he just goes there. Yeah, there's like no real explanation. Everyone's He's, like, well, I mean, because it's like he knows where it's supposed to be. Yeah. So, oh, right, right. The question wasn't he was trying to find the location. He was trying to find information so he didn't have to take a whole fucking trip to get there. He was trying to see, like, hey, is there a number I can call? Is there, like, an email address? And they were like, nope. You just got to go. An email address. Dexter's told you it's in the outer rim. Just keep on yeah, driving. He says it's here. It's next to the, yeah. the what's it called? Uh, the maze. The um, Next to the old prospector mine. Yeah, the Rishi maze, which yeah. is some, you know, it's just a, a galaxy within a galaxy. I have no idea it what goes, it is. It's, it's a, a couple parsecs away from there. He says that. Yeah. And so Obi-Wan is like, yoink, there's nothing here. <laughs> yeah. I guess someone hacked our archives. No one deals with that information, by yeah. the way. This is should be a monumental, because the way she's acting is like, that would be impossible. Wow. Maybe there's a mole in the Jedi organization, guys. Entire planet not there, not possible. The planet Yoda, doesn't exist. Yoda shares this information with some six-year-olds and yeah. no one else. It doesn't spin. <laughs> Yoda has like this real fear of shit leaking this whole movie. So he's like, I'm only talking about this with whoever's in this room right now. But with them, I'll talk about it. I'll talk about it openly, <laughs> but then never tell anyone else, you fucking six-year-olds. Now, a lot of the plants we've seen in this Phantom Menace universe are themed. Oh, we got a desert planet. Coruscant's a planet where the entire planet is a city. That is true. 
Naboo is more foresty. Yeah, Naboo is perhaps the most diverse looking planet. Yeah, looks it's kind of earthy, kind of a yes. nice earth. Yeah, uh, this but you're is, right. The others are all just one thing: desert, city. This is the water planet. This is water. This whole planet Oceans. is pretty much water. They don't say it, but you you see it, and it's really overcast. Yeah, it's like dark as night. It's stormy. Yeah. It's raining really hard. It's how you know it's a weather planet because it's a planet where it never stops raining, apparently. Um, and it's, the whole thing's covered in water. And all the buildings are like Jetsons buildings. Yes. Like they're like on sticks elevated above the water. And there's these, they're this sort of like saucer shaped. Yeah. Like they have that kind of 50s, 60s sort of world of the future design to them. Right, right. And, they look like the CN Tower in Toronto. Yeah. And yeah. there are, this seems to be a planet, yeah, it's just like oceans, giant whales, yeah. and then these these very elegant little buildings. Yeah. So he jumps inside. Mm-hmm. And they're but like- the, Just to say, yeah. it's it's on that noir thread of like, you know how it's always like raining in noir movies, Oh, yeah. Right? So- Right, he goes to a planet where it's always raining, except then he goes inside like an iPod, basically. Well, this is where the, the whole, whole set looks like an iPod. The mystery thing falls apart at this very moment. It's the worst! Because it feels like, oh, it's rain, he's going to review this person, they're going to lead him to another person. Right. This he's, is where it falls apart. The whole movie, I would argue, yeah, falls apart at this no moment. He does no work yeah. after this point. Everything I'm charmed by in this movie happens before this very point. And from then on out, I, I'm frustrated with this film. Yeah. There's still a lot I like. Overall, I'm not crazy about it, but but the movie falls apart. He in walks in to, I guess, just like the front entrance of the yeah. planet. Yeah. It's the visitor center. That's it's what I assumed. I, it's, yeah. Is this the whole planet? Like, oh, yay, welcome to the entry desk for Camino the Planet. Where do you get these clones from? Who is the original? They, they go, you know, the man the man we cloned him from, uh, da, 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 and he goes, wait, I'm sorry, back up. Who did you clone these people from? Who is the origin? You could pick anyone in the world. Right. So you go, who's the best fighter? Who's the greatest soldier of all time? And also, like, do you have to just have one guy? You can't have, like, kind of a multitude? Is, it, is the idea that it has to be just one guy over and over again? I don't think so. Wouldn't it be so much easier just be, like, if you can modify the genetics that much? Maybe it's, like, at this point, it's on autopilot. Like they, It's the presets, and now it's just, like, we're going to keep on churning out. We got the one DNA sample. We're going to keep on churning it out. Because who's this guy? And they go, oh, right, uh, it's some bounty hunter. It's some crook, some low-level, like... It's so crazy. Sleazebag. But uh, Sifo-Dyas insisted. Isn't that the idea? I- isn't it said, like, Sifo-Dyas was like, Django Fett, that's your guy? Right, which, which, why? why? I have no idea. Yeah, it says, well, they, they say Sifo-Dyas, you know, brought him to it. It said, this is the guy. And they say, you know, uh, in addition to be compensa- being compensated very well, like, they point out that he's being compensated very well. Right. He had only one other demand. He wants one clone for himself, but right. unaltered. Yes. No adjustments made that he can raise. Yeah. He wants to raise himself as a boy. I kind of like that idea. Yeah, if it was explored. Right, which it is not. Were it explored, it would be cool. <laughs> but right, like the idea must be like, here's someone who obviously can't enter a romantic partnership. Yeah. Doesn't you know, want to have a kid because there's too, but like, what if he just had himself? Yeah. This is kind of maybe the yaddle of the movie. I'm not saying that character is the yaddle, but I'm saying- this this son whose name is B- Boba Fett. Bo- Boba. Bo- Boba. 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 He also Fett. has a little uh, New Zealand accent. Uh, yeah. Who plays him? Go on. Um, go on. He. Uh, that's kind of like. It's presented. You're like, oh, that's maybe a movie I would watch. Is a guy raising a clone of himself right. on this weird planet because they they break, he lives there. Yeah. They go. Can I meet this guy? And they go. Oh yeah, sure. He's got a room here. <laughs> 
So they're like walking past all these clones that look like him, and they bring him in, and it's just a back quarters. And he, this dude's now being paid so well, he's got a tiny room. It's really small. And he's still sort of just like, they go like, hey, where have you been? And he's like, yeah, around. It's like, wait, you're still a bounty hunter? Like, you've been paid so well. Yeah, why are you still a bounty Get hunter? Get out of the game. <laughs> I mean, Midnight Run is all about a guy who doesn't want to be a bounty hunter anymore. And we know, by the way, at this point, that this is the guy who killed Sam Wessel, right? And we, we find out very together. quickly. I'm pretty sure we get it. We see him. He's a human being. Because we've heard his voice talking yeah. to Zam. I mean, it's, you know, the, the moment that connects the dots is we see him. He's in just sort of like his classic yeah. fatigues. And uh, Obi-Wan starts asking him questions. And he whispers something to his son, Booba Fett, in like a some alien language. Yeah. And Booba Fett dutifully. <laughs> Booba Fett. Is Bo- 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 Boba? Okay. Yeah. Um, it's a new character. I'm not familiar with him. Uh, he dutifully runs down the hallway and hits a button, closing a closet, and we see that the thing on the other end of the closet door that has been closed is the armor. Right. The right. armor. That's right. That's the right. The silver and blue I forgot. armor. Right. So then we're like, okay. And then, again, in this noir fashion, but without any of the actual grist, uh-huh. like, Obi-Wan and Django have this kind of, like, innuendo-filled conversation uh-huh. where it's like, you ever been to Coruscant? He's like, maybe a couple of times. Recently? Fairly. <laughs> How was it? Oh, he goes, what? Uh, 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 there for some business. He goes, was it successful? And he goes, fairly. Fairly successful. And like, by the way, no, it wasn't. No, it no, was it was horrible. It was a <laughs> bust. <laughs> he blew it. Yeah, he did a terrible job. Anyway. Maybe retire. I mean, not to harp on Midnight Rum, which I think is uh, uh, just a a, like a platonic ideal of a, a movie. Great movie. It's like a perfect yeah, fantastic film. Movie. But the crux of that film is, oh man, being a bounty hunter sucks. Yeah. It's a terrible job. We all understand this is a terrible job. All De Niro wants to do is get that one big job. Right. That one big payout that allows him to start a restaurant. That's what he's always dreamed. He wants to be Dexter Jester, to speak in terms that Attack of the Cloners will understand. Right. Our, our attack he heads. Our, our the cloners. Um, he is a Django Fett who wishes he could become a Dexter Jester. And the second he gets that payout, it's like that's what he's gonna do. He's right. gonna get out of the game. Right. Django Fett has hit pay dirt. But he's he's not giving up the old life. No. But why? And he's got I a tiny know. shitty room. He we could get a nicer anything. apartment. We don't know anything about this character. It's never explored. This guy kind of seems like a piece of shit, and I don't understand why they cloned him. Yeah. And he's like physically fit. Right. But also not the best human specimen in the world. But, I mean, that's how he's being presented to us, though. I think that's the idea. It's like. Here's Django Fett. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. He'll work. But even, like, they talk about how, like, uh, uh, Mace Windu is really powerful. In this movie, it's kind of set up. That's why, that's Mace Windu's place within the Jedi hierarchy is that he's the most powerful force-wise. They say that a couple times. Say, like, Yoda's the wisest. Mace Windu's the most powerful. Uh, Right. He's, like, the best fighter. Right. Yeah. So if the Jedis were actually the ones who asked for this army, they'd be like, oh, just get Mace Windu. That'd be pretty cool. Let's have a bunch of- An army of Samuel L. Jacksons. Right, and they all have the force. That sounds great. But you're forgetting. Oh, I'm not this forgetting. This was done in secret. That's why I said if. Right. If. Right. So they're like, Sifo Diaz, 10 years ago, Jedi Master. He has this tense conversation with Django. He meets Boba, and he goes back to the Jedi Council, and they're like, we got no idea what the fuck he's talking about. Right. And they're like, is there any chance Sifo Diaz did this 10 years ago? And they're like, no. Because, oh, he's talking them through, like, hologram. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's it's still raining. on the he's planet. He's like, ah, yeah, yeah. It's like a cold, shivery, and it's like, yeah. just go back indoors. Like, just, you've got a ton of space there. Uh, find a bathroom. Uh, I don't know. Do anything. Right. Um, 
but he says he's like uh, any chance, and they're like, no, the timeline you're presenting, I think Sifo-Dyas died right before that. Right. Oh, oh, and he says to Django, he's like, so what? What's the deal with Sifo-Dyas? And Django's like, uh, Sifo, who is? Yeah, he's like a guy called Tyrannus. Yeah, that's who set me up with this. And he, he's on like the moons of Bugen or something. He says some silly nonsense, Fucking garbage. Bullshit. Right, he goes, a man named Tyrannus from the moons of Bugen. He's like, what? So he goes to that and he's like, Tyrannus, Sephardius, any of this that make any sense to you? And they're like, absolutely not. And instead of digging further into the mystery, yeah. war, he, he fights Django Fett. Right, he's like wanting to leave the planet and then Django Fett comes out in his armor now and starts shooting at him. Guns it's kind, kind of a cool scene, I guess. Yeah, it's We've a never really seen battle. like Jedi versus non-Jedi, like, and it, yeah. like who's not like just a stupid uh, clone tro- uh, battle trooper. Yeah, it is uh, so um, bogged down by shitty CGI the rain. CGI is really terrible. Like, it's clear that the only thing that's real is it's a cool the idea. floor that they're standing on. Right. Yeah. And then the entire background, the planet CGI, the rain cool. is CGI, right. the they're wet. And, it know. all, like, it doesn't have a lot of weight to it. It doesn't. But the actual fight itself, I guess, is well choreographed. It's, it's pretty good. Django's cool. He's got a rocket Jango's pretty pack. cool. Yeah. Uh, he's a cool guy. And he's got these, like, kind of... Wild West ray guns, you know, that he like kind of. He's got know, two he blaster sort of side holsters yeah, yeah, yeah. and he flips them off. They look real tight. Uh, tight's my word of the day. But yeah, it stops being easy to follow. And when he comes to the Jedi Council with like the biggest questions yet, they're like, well, we don't know what to tell you. <laughs> that sounds crazy. We definitely didn't. Yeah, they're like, this is nuts. A clone army. Huh. And we paid for it? Wow. Yeah. That, well, none of us approved that. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um and then and then they're like Tyrannus and they're like yeah don't know who he is and uh, then I mean yeah, just come back home you got to do your laundry <laughs> and we'll get into this more later but then this just sets up the end of the movie where it's kind of like they approve an army and then it's like well it's right over here yeah and everyone no one apparently asked the question like excuse me who are these people and yeah. where did they come from and what is this yeah and if you take off their helmet they all have the exact same <laughs> face. And they all like ship off into these giant ships that yeah. are, I guess, already existing. And like, it's like, I mean, I understand that Palpatine's supposed to be sort of like pulling one over on the yeah. galaxy, but like, was no one picking up like the receipts and being like, where did all of this shit come from? Well, and this is the craziest thing to me, too. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> where did these people did come Sifo from? Did Sifo Dias pay upfront? Quote unquote, Sifo Dias. Well, he must have, the Caminoans aren't like, <clears throat> we don't yeah. want to rise, like, excuse me. Yeah. You were 50% uh, your deposit, but we're going to need the other 50%. Who the fuck is Sifo <laughs> Dias? Who was this guy? I mean, that's the thing. What a dumb name. Like, the movie is presenting Sifo questions, Diaz. and we're getting invested in trying to find out the answers. And then the they movie kind of like. Right. So it's like, was Sifo Dias an alias that a bad guy was using? We know he was a real guy, but was someone pretending to be him? Or was Sifo Dias. Okay. Sifo Dias, let's read about this. Uh, male human Jedi master. Cool. Uh, Last decade to the Republic. Okay, uh, so he's old guard kind of guy. Secretly, he apparently he did it. This is Wikipedia, though. So They're saying know. he did it. So was he kind of in cahoots with the Sith? Was he just like a real like military aficionado? Was like you know he, what? I'm just gonna buy an army was, in case they ever. Yeah, he was convinced to do it by Dooku. Um, and it does seem like, and we'll we'll get to Dooku later, obviously. But it does but feel it like, seems he, like was, he was he was manipulated. a young Jedi getting swayed by the the allure, yeah, of, of an older Jedi saying like, right. "Hey, things are bad. 
like we might need an army the yeah. jedi are getting weak and he's like you know what? you're right i should do this uh, presumably duke gave him the money i mean it doesn't seem like jedis are independently wealthy uh, he, he, uh, what's his name this is all in the expanded universe right. by the way again this is never discussed nope. in the films H- hago damask aka darth plagueis okay who is darth sidious's like former Death. master oh, okay uh he he provides the funds so, but Sidious doesn't from, like, know that he's a Sith, I guess. Right. Does he come from like a wealthy family? Yeah, he's like he a like, businessman. Yeah. He invented a good app. Like what did he <laughs> How did it, he, get... he 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 he's a businessman. He has a company called the Damask Holdings. I, I cannot tabulate how much. <laughs> Again, none of this is in the movie. Yeah. But here's like the, uh, look, I don't need them to give me all of this, but I also a little more. Well, I need to get some impression of who Sifo Dyas was as a guy. Maybe Dooku could later say, like, ah, Sifo Dyas was just a pawn. Like, I manipulated him, like, you know, into buying that army. Or even, like, he was killed ten years earlier. Right. We, you know, Jedis don't seem to get killed that often. I guess not. They're pretty peaceful. I mean, we saw Qui-Gon die, but it's, like, extreme circumstances. Um, I would love it if they were, like, yeah, Sifo Dyas got killed. Weird circumstances. Also, he was acting really weird the last couple months of his life. Like, not, you know, even if it was that ham-fisted, if it was just kind of, like, setting up, like, oh, that guy was, uh, something weird was going on there. Also, aren't they mind-reading Jedis? This is yeah. what I always circle back to. I get that Jedis could maybe, might be harder to read another Jedi, right? Because yeah. they also have, yeah. So, like, that's the thing. When, when Obi-Wan's f- doing that, like fucking like detective conversation like playing coy with Django. he also could just be asking him like hey some weather we got here huh and then just reading his mind <laughs> that's a good point you i know totally what I'm forgot about that he could just that go is... like so you see any good plays recently yeah and yeah, then yeah. just meanwhile be going this like, guy okay, is Django fat this guy this is, is the assassin this is Django fat why don't they read fucking zam wessel's mind where they're like who sent you yeah and she's like i can't tell you they're like well too late we just now you're dead now i can't read your mind yeah. anyway uh to get too scared off by her lizard face um, this movie's insane. It's really insane. This is an insane. This movie. is the most insane plot concept in the film. There are yeah. probably more insane things that happen, but the idea that there's just a planet that makes clones and like did it in secret and provided yeah. you know that is the craziest thing. That is the biggest leap of logic the film makes. And it, I would say, if like the it's a mile wide, the leap you have to make, it makes it like ten feet across and then just falls into the abyss. That's being very generous. Yes, exactly. Ben, final thoughts. It's your birthday. Oh, man. Well, kids, uh, you know, try to enjoy your 20s because uh, it's all downhill from here. Oh, I've been told 30 is better than ever. Oh, okay. Have you, I mean, how have the last 16 hours of your life been? Um, I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Real you seem excited. good. I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. I know you're feeling like the existential dread, but you also like... It all feels like it's going all right. No, yeah. Things are good. You're things fucking, are good. You're fucking producing Attack of the Podcast. That's true. That is true. David and Griffin. You know what? Griffin and David present. I keep putting my name first. I always actually put your name first, too, Aww. when I describe it to people. You're right. Yeah. I should be looking up. I mean, I'm producing this great Star Wars <laughs> podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. And you love Star Wars. I, yeah, it's great. So, so good. good. Two of your favorite movies. Yeah, I yeah, love them. Yep. Yeah. It's so good. But final thoughts, uh, I just, uh, yeah, just did not deliver. <laughs> did not deliver on this. If they're going to go for the detective thing, come on. Yeah. Like, yeah, go no. for it. They, they do not It's go an investigation where no nothing's really answered. Yes. Yeah, they give us bigger questions, and then or, they just yeah. go like, well, I guess we can never find out. Right. That's it. Hmm?
we should get to the topic of yeah, the week. Okay. Right. So the topic is we're trying to figure out what the fuck this character is. I guess is. so. I guess it's an Anakin episode, but specifically not the romance, but the the character. The anger. Yes. The, the anger. The angst. The anger. Teen yeah. angst. Anakin's with Anakin anger. Skywalker. Also known as Trouble on Tatooine. Uh, a lot of trouble on Tatooine. Ooh. Um, what the fuck? Okay, so let's just put this in context for a little bit, okay? Um, the first Star Wars movie, The, the Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. We're introduced to young Anakin. Yeah, he's uh, a cherub. He's a cherub. He's got big chubby cheeks. And he's got a rosy smile. And, and he loves saying yippee. Yeah, and he, like, always is looking on the bright side of life, which is helpful for him because he's, you know, in a pretty dire life situation. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, you're, you're, you're a slave to a spare part salesman? Build a robot. You know? Yeah. You know, uh, not much to do on Tatooine except for uh, race pod racing. Uh, do pod racing? Do some pod do racing. Do some pod racing. Wait. Hey, yeah. you know, is it a deadly sport? Ah, who cares? You'll be cares? fine. Someone did do a great uh, photo shoot, a slideshow of um, like Adam Sandler on the red carpet as premieres with like the leading ladies in his movies. And in 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 the red carpets, isn't he always like wearing basically like a New York Jets jersey or whatever? Like he he is like oh, the most dressed down he's guy in like the universe. He's wearing like a Kmart t shirt. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Shorts, like <laughs> but, sneakers like, that are literally like covered in shit. Baggy cargo shorts yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Right, and then the women who have played his wives or girlfriends or in the last eight movies: Salma Hayek, who, who's played his uh, Jessica Biel, Kate Beckinsale, oh my God. Katie Holmes. It's crazy. Adam Sandler. Um, yeah. Who's and, the and love interest all... in Don't Mess With a Zohan? Uh, Emmanuel Shikri. There you go. Yeah. What's she, like half his age? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Brooklyn Decker. Right. Uh, uh, Jennifer Aniston and Nicole Kidman. and Who's in Just Go With It? And Brooklyn Decker. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. right, right, right. Um, uh, let's do a Sandler episode sometime. What's yeah. the, the best Sandler movie is Zohan. You think period? Yeah. Over Billy Madison? I, I would put those two neck and neck. I think, but or, or, even forgetting the original, like uh, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Wedding yeah. Singer, where he's like, you know, establishing his brand. Yeah, those three are really good. Zohan's I think, the, I think the Zohan is the most audacious film he's made for forgetting funny people. Uh, okay, you know. uh, guys, you overlooked Click. <laughs> click is weird. Ben loves Click. You love Click? <laughs> love it. Do you like it when he gets all old because he fast forwarded through life? I didn't see that coming. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> You, you Twist! Didn't, you didn't know that Ben loves Click? No. You haven't been listening to Click and Click? Ah, Click and Click. Ben's, they're on episode, Ben's secret podcast. Yeah, it's episode 30. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's just so much you could say about Yeah, Click. like the scene where Terry Crews uh, lip syncs to a song and then Adam Sandler mutes him. He mutes him. Yep. Great. Because he's got a remote control that controls control. life. Yep. It's weird. He misses the Dragon Tales years. Anyway. Let's uh, get back onto. I don't okay. even know how we got onto this. Uh, we're talking about. Um, what do you rewind? He goes back in time. No, I know. He does have a remote control. And he also he got the remote control at the Beyond section of Bed Bath and Beyond. Let's not forget that. But the, I think, yeah, it's not just that he's angry, it's that his angst is represented in this way that is hard to engage with. He's a little shit. Is that what you're saying? He's a little shit. He's got this like crappy Bronx accent thing that he's doing. Oh, fuck. That, oh, God. Um, oh, I hate. I hate. Being a Jedi, I love Padme. We're oh. talking about a character who we know was a slave who was taken from his poor mother. Yeah. And then his, like, mentor was killed, and he was thrust into this, like, terrible... Like, we should be on his side, is yeah. what I'm saying. And immediately we're like, oh, God, like, Obi-Wan, will you get, like, 
give this kid a spanking or something. Like, what's the matter with this guy? We do not like him. But part of it is... It's I, a failure. It's the fundamental oh, yeah. failure of the film. You don't like, you don't sympathize with Anakin Skywalker. Because he's... Because uh, he sucks. He's sullen the whole movie. Yeah. He's just he doesn't like have... Right. Yeah. You don't see what the appeal is. Yeah, there's... To an, Padme or to anyone, really. Yeah. And when we say, like, you know, this episode's devoted to the arc of Anakin Skywalker, it's yeah. really an arc in relation to the first movie. He doesn't change that much within this one film. No, it's just that he's different compared to Phantom Menace. Right, he's right. kind of unhappy with everything that happens. Yeah. How old is he supposed to be, like 18? Now, this 17, is the big 18? question. Yeah. Like, watching the movie, when it first came out, I was younger than him. Sure. Right? Yeah, and I yeah, looked at too. him, and right. I was like, this is like a fucking adult. This is a te- This is what I have to look forward to. And yeah, now yeah, I watch yeah. the movie, and I, I, he's like a little boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. In a way that makes me uh, not relate to him, but like, empathize with him a little bit where I'm like, well, everyone's awful when they're a teenager. I guess, I guess I get that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, sure. Like, it's not a likable character and it's a poor choice for how to frame your protagonist. Here's, go ahead. But, but I do watch it and I'm just like, well, it's just bad phase. Like, it's like those three uncomfortable years in boyhood where you're like, this kid's really tough to watch. But here's the thing. Why is he talking about it? Like, no one talks about their problems like that when they're a 17-year-old full with angst. Like, oh, the no hallmark just... of 17-year-olds filled with angst is that they're incapable of talking they, they about it. They cannot communicate their feelings. They can't communicate anything. And the first thing, he's basically saying to Obi-Wan, who's basically his surrogate father, yeah. and he's like, Jesus, you know, Padme won't even look at me like a man. And it's like, he would never say that to him. Never fucking That is that. all, you know, buried deep down, those sorts of uh, anxieties and neuroses. Now, here's a question for you. Yeah, this movie. The fact that that's like the opening conversation. Yeah. And that he keeps on bringing it up, right? Yep. Oh, oh yeah. man, Padme, I can't wait to see her again. And then after he sees her, oh, man, Padme didn't even look at me. Oh, well, Master, I do believe she looked at you. Yeah, but not the way I wanted her to look at me. Do you think that, like, for the last 10 years, he's Anakin just been just, jerking it? And won't stop talking about it to Obi Wan. Yeah, and Obi Wan's like, Jesus Christ. Jesus fucking Christ. But, like, if you spent one week with her, this is what I don't get. And I think I asked this already. She's five years older than I you. think I asked this already. Why, why couldn't they just, like, see her once in a while? Yeah. They both live on Coruscant. Just visit. Well, it, I, know it, I know that the whole planet is a city, yeah. as Ben is gesturing. Yeah. The whole planet, let's remember, Ben gave the classic, the whole planet's whole a city gesture. A whole planet's a city. You know the gesture. I'm sure you can all imagine So it, maybe yeah. traffic, you know, it's like, oh, I'd love to see her, but... You know, she lives on the Western Hemisphere. We're over here on the Eastern Hemisphere. You know, who knows? It's a weekend trip. I don't know. And I know the Jedi training. You know, you probably have to go off to the yeah. training planet or whatever to do your training. I don't know how the Jedi's train there. All we know is, like, Yoda teaches you when you're five, and then by the time you're 18, you're a real pain in the ass with a lightsaber. Oh, yeah. And... In Tatooine, he does meet Wada. Oh, boy, I'm so excited. Should we talk about this now? It's yeah, probably okay. the best time to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I I just want to point out, this is the least sticky, least memorable movie in the world. We already can't remember like how you major plot cannot remember happen. it. So, yeah, they go to Tatooine. They go to Tatooine. And they land in Mos Espa, I guess. Right. And it's like, oh, remember this? And oh. he goes, right. And he goes to find Wado. And it's kind of a good idea in the movie, actually. Yeah. Return to the scene of the first film, which we remember, but like everything's a little different, yeah. and uh, Anakin is no longer like the helpless slave. Like he's he's a powerful Jedi. Powerful Jedi. He's and a, he's a, a Padawan, but a yeah, princess, whatever. He's whatever. got a fucking lightsaber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes to see Watto. Watto looks the same except for a hat. He's got an unbelievable hat. He's got a. It's kind of like a World War One metal helmet tee kind of thing, but it's very flat. 
Yeah. With a little indentation for his tiny little bulbous head. I feel like he's, maybe his vest has more pockets in it. I mean, he's like, but he's pretty much rocking the same thing, but with this little sun hat, which I is mean, like, <laughs> about time. You should, I mean, yeah. I, two points. One is that hat probably provides some necessary shade from, from the unrelenting dual uh, sunlight of the uh, dual, dual suns, suns of, of Tatooine. Tatooine. The binary suns. Second point, if you're going to wear any hat, to protect you from the sun. Why pick one made of metal? That Bad thing's going to be scalding hot. It's going to get real hot. <laughs> scalding hot. Uh, he put I mean, it on once, and now he can't take it off because it's, it's seared to his flesh. It's just melted to his flesh, It's yes. like Dr. Doom's mask. <laughs> he put it on to like cover up one little scar and then melted his entire face. And now That is, fine. by the way, it is the weirdest thing about Dr. Doom's origin story that it's like, yeah, he just he just put that mask on a little too fast. It's oh like, no, I love it. He's a genius. No, I know. I get that it's no, about it's, his it's, impatience and his and one uh, also his vanity, his extreme vanity. He had yes. one scar which right. he felt so self conscious about. Uh, he went, make me a mask, and they were like, okay, your mask is done. And he went, okay, give it to me. And he had he just put it on, and his whole face. So face in felt in, in, the, in the new movie, is it like he goes with them? Is that yeah. the idea to to the to which the, is off of Ultimate Fantastic? Yeah, Park. which yeah. I don't like. But he doesn't have the. Ma- I mean, I think he becomes Doom, a sort of cyber. Techno. Yeah, Doctor Doom's a tough character to do in the modern film world. Tough, tough character to do. I think I know. I do. do you know I spent most of my high school? Yes. Yeah. I do know. I wrote my college admissions essay on about the Fantastic Four. Yeah. And about like the way you would do it. There's right? nothing I would want to do more in the world yeah. than like a '60s Fantastic Four movie. Uh, let me say, the second thing I want to do most in the world is make a Fantastic Four movie the sure. way I think it needs to be made. The number one thing I want to do in the world is fuck TC14. <laughs> so, they're on Tatooine. They see Wada, my favorite character. Yeah. Um, and they say, what happened to Shmi? Well, 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 you're missing. You're jumping way ahead. All right, fine. Way ahead. No, I think this is- Beat by beat. Hit by hit. No, but David, this is my favorite character. We've been building up All to right, this point. All right, Wada. We can't, we what can't. does he do? I don't remember. Well, I think we got to acknowledge right the bat. The fire in his eyes is- <laughs> It's true. He looks real sad. Yeah, it's true. His and beard's grown out. He's he, sitting outside like he's not even in his shop, right? He's sort of at a stall. He's like a vendor. He's like yeah, selling it like- it doesn't look good. No, he but looks Most Hespa looks a little run down. It look, like, even though it's already looked pretty run down. Yeah. Like, yeah, it looks like it's on harder times, maybe. Yeah, and he just looks like- He's like selling some pencils in a cup or something. Yeah. You know? He's got more stubble than even usual. And he takes a second to recognize Anakin. Oh, more than a second. Yeah. He's like, yeah, it was, it was. He's not even, like, selling it as hard as he used to. Yeah. It was. And they're like, uh, hi, do you know... Uh, Shmi Skywalker? And he's like, yeah, Shmi, uh, it used to be a slave of mine. I don't know. Now, I think he says that he sold her to another, to, yes. the, to the Lars family. Yes, he sold her to the Lars family. It's not family. like he freed her. But it's, they have, yeah, oh, he sold It's just that she then, like, one of the Lars family fell for her and they freed her and they they got married. No, I think that happened late. I think the whole idea is that, like. The, all Water did was sell her. Yeah. And then, I don't think he sold her because he knew she was in love. No, I think no, he that's just what I'm saying. Money. He yeah. sold her. And then oh, yes. at yeah. the Lars homestead, right. uh, Owen, which one is it? No. The Clegg Lars. Clegg Lars, right. Yeah. Fell. And Owen's their kid? Or? Yeah. yeah that's... And Baru's his girlfriend? Uh, oh, yeah. No, no. Owen's like his kid from a previous marriage. There's a lot of like complex yeah. family shit. Joel Edgerton plays. The great Joel Edgerton. Owen, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, Wait, but I want to hit on this Watto tiny, point. Another Australian actor. Yeah. Watto does not even recognize Anakin. No. No. I mean, he has grown. And change into a different person. Right, completely different <laughs> yeah, actor. So, you know. Okay, we have a guest this week. What? <gasps> yeah, Rachel Dolezal. Oh, we previewed boy. it last week. We did. We talked about it a lot. Half right. Her name is Rachel. That's true. Uh, Rachel Lang. Hi, Rachel. Hello. 
our I'm good Rachel. friend, our, our former trivia teammate. Yep. After weeks of putting it off, this is the romance episode. We're getting into the romance, which is perhaps the quote-unquote <laughs> emotional core of the film. I guess so. Is no. it? Well, it's supposed to be. It's it's like it's this like huge thing that had not even be. There's no. Well, I guess there's a little bit laid out in the first movie, but the second movie. Are you an it just, angel? Right. The second movie, it's like this. It's like this is the central conflict of the movie. Right. Anakin's inner war between like being a Jedi and being in love. Yeah. Now we have danced around the subject because we didn't want to blow the load. We yeah. knew we were gonna uh, talk about this at, at an episode length. Uh, where this this plotline's not very effective for either of us. No. And was not when we saw the film. You, no. Rachel. We I, were gross teenage boys. We were gross remember. teenage boys. We were like, yeah. I was thirteen years old. Yep. When I saw this movie four times in theater. 2002. Yeah. Uh, and I thought it was the most beautiful love story I had ever seen. Ever. And I think I still thought that until about the year 2007. Was th- there a rewatch at that point or did oh, you just? I had seen it a lot since then. And me and uh, Rachel, before the pipe, were talking about John Williams' love theme mm-hmm. and how much she, you cared about that. I think that really contributed to uh, my misconception of... <laughs> it's not a misconception. It's just no, it was no, your yeah. conception. My yeah. incorrect opinion of how beautiful this love story is. There's a whole uh, featurette on the special features about love. I don't know if you guys watched it I'm pretty sure I watched recently. it at some point. Maybe not recently. Okay. Yeah. I watched it at 8 a.m. this morning. Yeah. <laughs> It was great. <laughs> but so Across the Stars yes. is the main track. Yes. Uh, Across the Stars, parentheses, love theme. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you had sort of intense fandom specifically for that track. Yes. I uh, went to see John Williams conduct the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. When you were about, how old were you? <laughs> I think probably 14. Sure. I think he came yeah. by the next year. Right. It was a year, your, your love for, their love was still lingering. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure I watched the film before I went to see the music played live just right. to get a taste of like the the recorded track so mm-hmm. I could compare it uh, with the live orchestrations. And they did not disappoint. Um, I cried. I <laughs> absolutely sobbed and cried. I wept. I'll add that I saw this. Uh, I mean, I was in a full audience, but no one in my family would come with me. Yeah, so sure. I was there alone. Sure. Wow. Uh, at age 40. Well, I guess, yes. yeah, that's all. I was very cultured. Um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> um, it is, what was I going to say? I wanted to ask. So if this was the transcendent romance for you in 2002, like what was it topping? Like, did you feel that way about Titanic or like ever after? I'm trying to think about like the romantic, uh, the big romantic movies of our youth. Yeah, was, was this the first teens. one where you felt that strongly about a love in in film in cinema? Because I feel was like this replaced. I would what? absolutely say that it was. Okay. I, I this was the first one you'd never felt this strongly. I, yeah. Wow, I loved Titanic. Yeah, right. And it's one of the I think it's the second VHS I ever bought. The first is Miss Congeniality. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. yeah. And uh, you know, I loved it. Thought it was great. Um, was barely allowed to watch it because there were boobies in it. Uh-huh. And um, there's one thing that my parents don't like: boobies. Yeah. Um. So. Attack of the Clones could have done with some more boobies. I think so. Yeah. It does Uh, have that midriff bearing. So artfully cut off. Mm -hmm. And I was gonna say, in the arena at Genosis, the pillars look a lot like vaginas. (laughs) Well, even the actually, I was noticing this too. The whole platform that they're on is covered in vaginal imagery. Thank you. Okay, Ben was shaking his head. You have noticed this. Yeah. No, they're vaginas. They're vaginas. I asked my girlfriend. They are vaginas. We are big vagina experts. We know what they look like. 
Those are vagina. That's Conf- two women watching the movie together, mm-hmm. both of whom have vaginas, confirming that I am not a dirty-minded boy, <laughs> that I am on the money, Ben. I say as I point at his face, Ben. You haven't introduced Ben, by the way. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, <laughs> producer Ben, a.k.a. producer Ben, a.k.a. the Ben-deucer, a.k.a. the Poet Laureate, a.k.a. the Haas, a.k.a. Mr. Positive himself. <laughs> Hello, Fennel. Hello, Fennel. Hello, Fennel. Um, yeah, I guess I missed the vagina imagery. I also uh, did, but I wasn't. I wouldn't. I just need to remind myself of what it looks like. I can't remember what you guys are talking. What about. a vagina, vagina looks like? You forgot what a vagina. Yeah, what are, the, what are those things again? Um, They're like they look like the. It's like a, a part of a human body that looks like the pillars in the arena genosis. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Okay. But made of flesh and not stone. Mm, yeah, I mean, it's not ringing any bells, but anyway. Okay. Yeah, well, I'll, 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 I'll Wikipedia later. You know, we'll Google it, you and I, David, later when we're done. <laughs> in this small booth that mm-hmm. we're in right now. With no windows. Yep. You and I, close the door. <laughs> but there, there are some detailed points that we skimmed over here. So you went, you went to the concert by yourself. Yes, I did. And I remember that I, uh, you know, was crying. And then I... A lot, like a lot. A lot. Like <laughs> tears. Like many tears. Like my shirt got a little wet, you know? Yep, right. And I was like, oh, God. I don't remember what I was wearing, but I know that it was like something that a sad suburban girl who was pretty fat near Pittsburgh would wear because they thought it was a nice dress-up outfit to wear to a concert. Uh, and then I made my, my dad... Uh, cheap guy and I begged and I begged and I begged to get the extra like $50 thing where you got to meet and greet John Williams Whoa. and he did wow. he did it but he didn't come with you no no he no, 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 no. that would have been another bucks. like right, right. $70 yeah, right, right. that's crazy yeah. so uh, I went and I stood just like shaking in line as like mothers introdu- introduced their like trumpet playing sons to John Williams and <laughs> It was amazing, but I felt, I was like, oh, my God, I don't play an instrument. I don't belong here. This is awful. And then I finally got next in line, and I got a big sweaty hug from John Williams. <laughs> conducting is hard work. Yeah, post-conducting. So yeah, he had worked up this. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah that's a real, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of vigor. He was drenched in sweat. Yep. And I don't remember what I said, but he signed my um, copy of the CD. Of the Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had the one that had uh, Yoda with the little lightning force ball that he's collected, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, mm-hmm. and I still have that. Uh, that signed by yes. J.W. Yes. Okay, they make it through the crazy droid factory maze. Right. Oh, there's all that, but that's not romance. We'll get to all well, that Well, no, no, later. no, but here's the, this is. They make this out is the during scene. the factory. So then they're captured. They're captured yes. by the of bug course, people. Of course, of course. And now the two of them are in this, like, chariot. They're being prepared they're chained for, up. Uh, you know, whatever. The, the pit, yeah. the gladiator pit. But remember, there's this scene where they're talking to each other. And she's like, Anakin, if any, before. They know, think they're going to die. This happens. I just want you to know that I love you. Yeah. And he's beautiful. Like, he doesn't he's reply with, like, I love you too. Yeah, he's like, well, I thought we agreed that yeah, like, we couldn't be in said, love. Uh, <laughs> and she said, we live a lie. Life's a secret. That would mean living a lie. And she said, the secret would destroy our lives. Uh, blah, blah. And she says, I actually like this line. You like, anything would be better after the line No, I think delivers. this one line's cute. Okay. I think this one line gets to like feeling like an actual young romance. Just shut up, dick. She goes, I thought we agreed we weren't going to fall in love because this and that, and the secret would do this and would eat us up and destroy our lives. Just uh, hating Christensen's delivery is worse than Griffin, like verbatim, kind of going yeah. like, yeah, daddy, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> uh, does, uh, destroy our lives. <laughs> the point is he ends with, and it would destroy our lives. And then she sort of like looks out towards like the door of the arena and she goes, 
I think our lives are about to be destroyed. That is not a good line. I, can't I like believe, it. I can't it's believe great. we wasted it's all a this great time line. on that. It's not good. I like it. It's like kind of, yeah. I mean, that we know. That's I, why she's I saying it. I got nothing it. to lose. A monster's about to eat me. Right. And then she's like, but I do, I do love you. And I think Portman actually kind of does a good job. She's fine. I think she does a great she's job fine. in this scene. She actually we get the good music. the emotion of like a doomed love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The music plays. They kiss as... The doors open and they're real and the tra- I mean, wheeled out to be executed. Basically, I, I think this is kind in a of very a, public and graphic manner. In a weird way. <laughs> a very weird way. Yeah. But and it also doesn't help that Newt Gunray is up there and he's like, ah, "Is she gonna <laughs> die in front of me?" Yeah. <laughs> oh, right, because it's very, very passively, like, offhandedly mentioned that oh, I realize that Newt Gunray is the one who was trying to kill Pat. I guess so. Is yeah, he it's the mentioned only one? like. In one sentence. That right. one hologram that gets interrupted by the destroyer droid uh-huh. has like 17 plot points. <laughs> and you mentioned like, very <sighs> casually. Yeah. It's like, I got here. Jango Fett, he's here on Genosis. Count Dooku's here. He's been establishing a droid army. The new gun ray's going to use to unite the four federations to fight against the Republic, <laughs> who now have the clone army. By the way, new gun ray's the one who is trying to kill... Pa- oh, no, a droid! <laughs> uh, Rachel. Yes. Bill is all. Yes. <laughs> yes or no. Yes, maybe. Uh, how does the love plot of this film work for you today? Um, did, did, Were there any nostalgic pangs remembering yeah. what it, it felt like? Or did, did it all just lay cold like a bunch of dead Gungans? I think... <laughs> I mean, definitely leaning toward dead cold Gungans, okay. for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, the only like twinges of like nostalgia came from the music mm-hmm. and maybe from this, uh, like you're saying, the death, the execution, love, confession. I was like, okay, maybe. And then, and then you know, the rest of the movie happens and it's all still kind of bad. Because and... the stakes are actually high in that moment. It's like, oh, they yeah. actually might die. Them confessing their love means something and they're not just creating artificial blocks. Right. I mean, every scene of them before that talking about love could. You could just take the dialogue from one and plop it onto any of the other ones, and it would be not different. Like them in the what is it, the refugee mm-hmm. like cruiser thing, and like them at the lake. Like you could switch any of those around basically, and it would be the same thing. Uh, it definitely feels like a movie uh, made by someone who hates love. Absolutely. Absolutely. George Lucas met his wife at a business conference. His his current wife? His current wife. Because mm-hmm. he was married in the 80s, 70s or 80s. Yeah. Yeah. And his wife left him for a man who was installing stained glass windows in their house. I did not know that. Stained glass windows. Really, George. An artist yeah. like Paolo. <gasps> oh. Paolo! <laughs> uh, his wife was his editor on his first couple movies. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. THX and, and the like. Yeah, THX and American, American Graffiti. Graffiti. Yeah. And then he didn't work for a while. We uh, talk about that. Too. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people theorize that she was kind of like the missing element, that she was maybe the humanity to his work. I mm. see. I see. Because he was not with his current wife uh, when Attack of the Clones is being made, right? No. no they, he meets her later. Yeah. I don't think they met until 2003 or uh-huh. All right. Like so that. maybe, yeah, they were having a conference about Attack of the Clones. Probably. Yes, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, but he, but he was a man was. who lived in a castle by himself, adopted like three children. Filled with stained glass. <laughs> yeah, and was just like, I don't need love. I can raise children on my own. I make art. I'm fine. Like, And, and then now George. it's like, oh, George, you, Come got, on the podcast, George. you backed yourself in a corner. You got to make a movie about love. And he's like, oh, fuck. What does love sound like? Um, I talk about sand. Um, 
I wonder if it was like there was four pages of sand talk and Stoppard was like, can we lose all of this? And Lucas was like, no way. And he was like, all right, I'm going to do what I can here. What were you going to say, Lauren? Well, I was going to say, I read that she is the one who instated the two-term limit on uh, being a queen what of a Naboo. Hero. Yeah. Wow. She's just so, she was just too precocious for her own good, really. She's yep. demoted herself. She should have been dictator for life. She should have. As Anakin would have mm-hmm. preferred. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because he likes dictators. Yeah. He likes to dick her taters. Nope. Nope. <laughs> no? Nope. No, definitely not? Nope. No? And we have a very special guest with us today. Uh, he is a uh, comedian slash filmmaker slash writer slash actor slash blah, 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 blah. Ladies and gentlemen, Morgan Evans. Hello. Morgan Evans. Hey, Morgan. How's it going? Good. Is this podcast as long as the movie? Longer. How, how long is the <laughs> two and twenty? Two, two and twenty. Yeah. Two, Did you watch? You had to watch it. I watched it last night. Yeah. How was it? Um, I'd seen it before. And but had I, you seen it since it came out? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I've I've seen like I've watched all six a few times. Okay. But mm, don't know what that means. It's very confusing. Yeah. You've watched all two Star Wars movies. Oh, yes. yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You've watched uh, all six movies that have ever been made. So it was Attack oh, yeah. of the Clones, right. Phantom Menace, The, the Judge, Judge, and Star Tours. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, no, I would say that it's not good. Yeah, okay. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, Genosis. Genosis. Bug Planet. Yeah. It's where all the separatists are, are chilling, right? It's like this yeah. is where they're plotting. But this mysterious Count Dooku. We've got Count Dooku. Here's a new plot thread. He's apparently an ex-Jedi. Yeah. Right. By the way. That's a choice? We're allowed to do that? He studied under Yoda. Yeah. Studied under Yoda. Is how much discussion there is of Count Dooku before he shows up? There's like maybe a couple lines. I feel like they call him the mysterious Count Dooku multiple times. Oh, yeah. 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 He's just mysterious. That's all we know about him. Right. And he is in the opening scroll. Right. They say Mm -hmm. like he's broken off these planets. Right. Mysterious Count Dooku. Yeah. Right. By the way, if you're selling a screenplay and you open it up. And the first thing that <laughs> happens yeah. is a title <laughs> that takes up three pages of backstory that's not in the film. Yeah. I don't think you could get it made unless you were George Lucas. That's uh, the whole yeah, fucking point of this podcast. Yeah. It's, it's things where people could do whatever the fuck they want. We never talked. Did he sell it? Did Is it the same as Phantom Menace where he like pre-sold the merchandise rights and that's how he funded it? Was it the same deal? Uh, I think this might have. Was I, Fox I, I, I don't involved know if there, there this was, time? No, no, no. He definitely self-financed it. I mm-hmm. don't know if there was as rich a toy deal in advance. Like, mm-hmm. Phantom Menace was specifically like for that movie. Yeah, yes, yeah. that might have been money left over, but he, it was it was self-financed. Fox just, had nothing just, to do with it. They were just distributing. It, we got to okay. talk about. So it. Count Dooku, the, he's uh, talked about in the crawl. There's the Seymour Jacosta who finger blasts him, but other than that, <laughs> there's not. He counts him finger blasting her. No, she she finger blasts him. Okay, fine. Yeah. yeah, they cut that in in the middle of the movie. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, yeah, where she just finger blasts his penis hole. Are you talking about finger blasting? Is that when the lightning? Is that when you use the force and there's lightning? Is that finger blasting? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's great. Oh, great. Yeah, she finger blasts into his penis hole. She shoots <laughs> lightning up his pee hole. Um, the- <laughs> Griffin, please help us. My favorite line happens in the droid assembly line, which is um, C3PO walks in and he goes, "Machines making machines." <laughs> I, like now I've seen everything. You know, like you have it. 
They make machines make machines now. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, like it's, it's not really science fiction. Yeah, that happened like as soon as Ford came around. You, <laughs> like, have, to, you have to remember, this was a long time ago. It's true. Morgan. In a galaxy far, far this away. movie was a yeah. long time. Uh, ago. My <laughs> favorite line is when C three PO just says, "I'm so confused." Uh, yeah, yeah. When he's got his head on a, a uh, right. things. Well, what about when his head's being dragged and he goes, "Oh, what a drag!" drag. Yeah, I wrote that I down. I, I, I didn't want to forget it at all. <laughs> Guys, there's uh, so much. We will get much... to the bizarre inclusion of yeah, that like. So much comedy in this movie. I honestly think it's for kids. Like, I think yeah, there's so kids. much heavy That's true. talk about shit. Like, I, I mean, like, I'm Phantom a, Menace has it, like, all the way through Jar Jar Jar, you know, like, yeah. but, whereas this has not had it. So, yeah, let's give right. him a concentrated Up dose. until this point, the film has been very mature. Well, like, in, so the, in the A.O. Scott review of it, he was saying that you get this distinct feeling that's like, Will this be on the test? <laughs> you know, like at the like at the beginning of the movie, it's like, well, the moon of Naboo, and you're like, what the fuck does that like? Is that important? Like, you guys have been talking for 15 minutes about something, and and I have no idea what's going on. And then, so I think you need C-3PO being like, I'm so confused to be like, oh, okay, someone right. gets you're it. Saying, someone, into this robot. someone gets it by not getting it. Yeah, exactly. And also, third film, you'd be you'd be setting up, you'd be closing out. It's a trilogy. You only make three films. Three is enough. Three is the perfect number. That's it's a magic number. And there's a story they're building, too. You know, there's some yeah. sort of arc to all of this. Oh, I don't 100. know what it's, it is. Right, but, but uh, you assume in a third film he would have made it all clear. Like, hindsight's twenty twenty. Absolutely. You would third have seen film definitely would have wrapped everything up really satisfyingly everything up. with no trouble at all. Yeah. Um, we would have understand, we'd understand, understand why they spent, we would have understood why they spent so much time on Booba Fett. You know, mm-hmm. like things like that. All these weird little like sidetracks, yeah, yeah oh, that don't God. go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, can we get back to the main plot? Okay, so Obi Wan is in the yeah, is right, right, right in the right. Force thing, and Dooku, who like Late- to, I, I just talk about Mister X, right? Like yeah. your thing of the test. Sifo Dias has been mentioned so much. Like, sure. If you watch this movie, you go, Sifo Dias is the villain. Right. Like they said he's dead. It turns out he's I not really dead. I still don't know who that we is. We don't know. No one yeah. knows the who Sifo Dias is. makes no effort to explain what they're talking about. But and does, also they give him the most like confusing name where you're like, Sifo Dias. Is that, yeah. his name Sifo Dias? But he's like Dias, the Kaiser Soze. It's I like, thought sure. it was right. like a part they needed. <laughs> they need us. <laughs> uh, we need a Sifo Dias for the show. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, you're right. They keep talking about this guy who never shows up. Right. Yeah. So Dooku is like, well, they talked about him a few times, but in very vague terms, it's like, he used to be a Jedi. Now he's the Count. Now he's doing good stuff. Right. Which just, I thought it was like a lifelong commitment. I thought it's like, you know, once you give your life to the church, then you're, you're like sure. in it for good. Apparently you can just retire if you get a better job offer. Well, <laughs> it, they you, recruit you when you're a baby. They do. They yeah. raise you. They tell you you can't fuck. That's true. Mm-hmm. And then if Dooku, you're like 65, you find Dooku a way fucks. to fuck. Let's be oh, honest. Dooku fucks. Dooku fucks. Yeah. yeah. But that's, um, did they kick him out? Did he retire? Did he find a hot piece he wanted to jump on? Do you think he fucks bug up? people? Is that why he's there? Possibly. Well, he definitely fucked Jocasta because we know yeah, that. We know that. Yeah. We know that. We but know now, that for 100 percent certainty. But now he's on a planet with bug people who all seem to be male. Mm-hmm. And like, let's not okay. <laughs> not to stereotype, but none of the, none of these bug people seem to identify as female. True. But wait, but beyond that point, he didn't really get it. Well, he did kind of get a new job. But he's like the leader of all this. Yeah. He's like the separatist king. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's on a planet with bug people in an arena made out of vaginas. Sure. <laughs> uh, uh, made out of openings. Yeah. And then there's the bug people. There's the 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 uh, trade federal. What are they? You know, the Nemoidians. Nemoidians. They're yeah. still around. Yeah. They're there's, hanging out with him a lot. They're there's like, close like a buddies green robot guy who like. Watt Tambor, yeah, who has like he's brother like, of I Jeffrey am. Tambor, <laughs> <laughs> and there's a, there's a, he's like unified many people, right? This yeah. is the idea, right? And they're they're looking at this killer ship, 
they're looking and they want to get this. What did you call it? This is the most killer dense show. shit I've ever heard. I'm like, I, it's the like, densest movie I've ever heard. Yeah, but like, even we having seen it a bunch of times. We talk about this movie so in such detail, it's ridiculous. I mean, the I've seen it. Barely tells us anything. You watched it last things. night. Yeah, I've you seen it a bunch of times, yeah. but like, I would still never know to call them Nimodians. Like, is that oh. something you Google? I mean, we've like, been, no, we've been yeah, doing this for months. We've been doing this for a long time. That's the thing. And even every week, we have to like correct what we said the last week because it turns out we already got things wrong. Oh, yeah. It's so hard to keep it straight. Right. We will watch It's like the Scientology. Film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tons of new verbs and nouns and stuff you have to know. <laughs> Morgan's getting really into Scientology for our <laughs> listeners at home. Ah, uh, Morgan, move to L.A. And Morgan, just... Morgan's moving to L.A. He thinks he's into Scientology at a safe distance. He thinks he's just interested. They call me every day. Yeah. You're yeah. about to get totally absorbed by this. This podcast is going to be the last recording of you as a freaking Yeah, they're going to they're gonna like sue us and make us scrub all of Look, this. Look, guys, yeah. all I'm saying is that Scientology isn't that bad i mean it's it's, it's just <laughs> basically it's just it's basically terrible. like uh yeah. you know uh just uh feeling good about yourself and then everything works out okay yeah right? isn't that all scientology Mor- morgan your girlfriend is an actress uh-huh and uh your girlfriend robin and i were on the same shoot together like two months ago mm-hmm. and we talked about you the entire time because both of us were concerned that you were going to get lost to scientology <laughs> We were like, do we have a responsibility to stop this from happening? Sorry, I didn't mean to bring up Scientology. This is a huge tangent, but I did take five hours of Dynetic yes, exactly. honor classes for yes. fun. I wa- because you were like, I'm just interested. I well, just want to look into it. I was seeing Going Clear with Neil Casey, and right. I walked out, and I was like, am I the only one who came out of that going like this? I want to do this? And he was like, yeah. yeah the you, you are the, the only one. one. Yeah, You're yeah, the only yeah, one who went, this sounds I good. I think Tom Cruise came out of that being like, I don't know if this yeah. is a good Tom idea. Tom Cruise is now <laughs> allegedly <laughs> leaving Scientology because of the effect of going clear. And you saw the movie and we're like, I got to look into this I heard it was over I'll admit, yeah, I heard yeah. it was over yeah. I'll admit, I am the person who saw Super Size Me and like left that thinking like, yeah, McDonald's, I could really like McDonald's right now super eat some good. McDonald's. It's so good, but that's yeah. a different. McDonald's is objectively the but best like, food. In yeah. that movie, you like he eats, remember he eats the Big Mac yeah. the, or the Happy Meal or whatever, and then he like throws up outside of the car. Made me hungry. Yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah. yeah. Mm, I'd yeah, eat that throw fries. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Producer Ben, final thoughts? How are those uh, tits you were looking at? Earlier? Yeah, that was, at one point in the podcast, I noticed a bunch of tits. That was a pop up, but uh, <laughs> I was I I did you I click no, the link for that pop up? No, I did not. Well, okay. How do you get a porn pop up these days? Well, when that you search true. when you search on I was like random Star Wars websites, <laughs> that's, that's trying to look up CKPO jokes. Well, that's kids yeah. on there, so they kids. they mark the pop ups are for kids. Pop ups are for kids. They're like Jar Jar. Yep. Misa in the scene now. Final thoughts: Bug Planet's kind of cool. I don't know. So you kind of liked this part of the movie? Yeah, it was alright. Ben it. Ben confessed to me before we started recording that he barely remembers the movie at this point. Yeah, yeah. it's it's slippery. As we've said, it's a slippery I'm, fucking movie. It's like F five, and I'm really just checking out. It's okay. Yeah. There's only five more of these to go. We're at the halfway mark. Right, and then we're gonna do one last Google search to make sure there's no other Star Wars. Uh, ben movies. is taking a yeah, uh, knife and slitting his wrist the <laughs> long is. ways. Ben is uh, flashing back to some Dianetics that he had earlier. Yep. Yep. Past lives and all mm-hmm. that. All yep. right. Well, that's it for me. And the, our our question that we've been <laughs> now we're on to bump up a bomb performance review part two. Boom! The Star Wars movies, the Phantom Menace movies, they're and constantly attacked for having shitty performances. And we're gonna keep track as we did last time. Right. So we're gonna have two columns. Good and bad. Good and yeah. bad. Mm-hmm. And I'll keep a tally. Oh, you're gonna keep a tally. Great. So we're gonna try to make a, keep it a definitive assessment about whether or not the acting in the movie is bad. Because I, I don't like general statements like, oh, all the acting is bad. 
you know? Yeah, but do you remember last time that we came close? We came to... really close. We have to be a little harsher yeah, this we time. Yeah, we gotta be a little harsh, because we were saying, like, oh yeah, that guy who has one line of dialogue, he did fine, great. Yeah. And the acting in that movie is bad. It is. We can't, we can't be We this. were really worried at the end. We were like, oh, this oh, is boy. like 15 to 17. Yeah. We have to move on to hating Christians. Bad performance. Plays Anakin Skywalker it's a in bad the film. Performance. It's a terrible performance. It's a terrible performance. It's the most ruinous performance in the film. In Phantom, who would you give that award to? Would it be Ahmed Best or would it be Jake Lloyd? I I would say Jake Lloyd. Oh, interesting. So wow. <sighs> so Anakin's really the millstone in yeah. these movies. Yeah, I really think this character is badly written. And, it's and, terribly written. And he's essentially it's like they're trying to justify some huge payoff. Yeah. But it's so baffling because he's mostly just kind of a boring, annoying little tool. He's also massively different between the two films. Yeah, it's like, very it's true. It's essentially two separate characters, both of whom suck <laughs> in writing and, and performance. And both of whom the movie is obsessed with and you're not totally sure why. You're yeah. like, this is a crazy universe. Yeah, are we missing something? Yeah, we're is definitely, I don't missing, fucking I we're definitely missing something. Yeah. Oh my God. With both of these movies. Yeah. Specifically to that character. I also think it's weird that these movies are so much about how powerful he is, and we don't see that many examples. Do you know no. what I'm saying? Like, you see, like, oh, he's, like, good at, at you know, flying like a speeder. Racer. Yeah, yeah right. but you're not, like, seeing, like, oh, he's a Jedi who's, like, really getting a grasp on these things. It's a bad performance. It's a bad performance. We, don't need, we talk we about it every episode. So we don't need to talk about it anymore. Next, Christopher Lee as Count Dooku slash Darth Tyrannus. I mean, this is a great performance. It's a great. It's the best performance in the film by far. It's, uh... It is. There's one candidate I'd maybe throw above. The we'll, we'll get to that one. But I think this is the point for like last time I was like maybe a little too effusive about Ian McDermott. I was gonna say. I mean, <laughs> McDermott has less to do in it. I I still maybe vote that McDermott's the best performance no, just think, because this I character's think, no. so good. I yeah. think Christopher Lee is handed the same platter of shit that everyone else gets <laughs> yeah. in this movie. Really, yeah. really bad. Yeah. Like it's like. Okay, you need to walk into the room and just deliver reams of exposition. Yeah, and he's in like, front of a All green right. screen. In front of a green screen. <laughs> right. And he's just like, yeah, uh, watch me nail it. You have to first appear <laughs> 20 minutes before the end of You've a two and a half about hour long the movie. whole movie. Yeah. You walk into a room and you just start spouting exposition. Yeah. To a suspended, non-interested, non-responsive character who's just yeah. like, mm, you know. He's a class act. It is masterful. It's masterful. And then you're yeah. going to fight a cartoon green like old man and you're going to make that work too. And it's like like yeah, good footwork, good form. I like that he's sort of doing more classical sort of like cuz his lightsaber is shaped we differently. We've talked about this. Lightsaber. He's got this curved lightsaber. It's like it's the same though because the blade is the same. Oh no question. But the <laughs> form of how curved? he holds yes, it. It's very cool. It changes the way he fights. I don't design standpoint it makes no sense whatsoever. But whereas all the other lightsabers it tends to be a two-handed kind of like classic yeah, sword sure. fighting right, right. this kind of thing. This is more like fencing. Like he's sticking yes, the one yes, arm out yes. and kind of Doing that. And maybe that's to to compensate for his lack of mobility. He's an older man, but it works. It gives him more power, and it actually makes him, him more terrifying him because poise. he's he's just so controlled yes. and so old school. It's a great fucking performance. I mean, he's he's like turning like it, it's it's, it's water studio. into wine. You it's know, water into wine. It's water it's into wine. wine. It's poop into wine. It's poop into. He's turning <laughs> diarrhea wine. into into poop wine. Next, Frank Oz is Yoda. I mean, once again, we what talked the fuck about this. Is this character? Why is Frank Oz playing this character? <laughs> oh God! Frank Oz, famed puppeteer, a great filmmaker in his own right. Yeah, he's okay as a filmmaker, a puppeteer. Filmmaker, great puppeteer. I mean, he's made. Like, he's gonna be for them as a puppeteer. He's pretty famous. Yeah, he's made. He's, he's made, made like some four great movies. I love. I, well, as much he as he made anything. the Muppet movies, but well, he also. Yes, but he also. But also, Little Shop of Horrors. He made Bowfinger, and he and made Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, those are great. Yeah, but and he made the Indian in the cupboard, which I think is pretty good. 
That's a movie I think is incredibly solid. But I'm saying you you look at the yeah, Muppets. Yeah, and what about Bob? Which is interesting. I forgot about that. Muppets Take Manhattan, Little Shop of Horrors, and Bowfinger are maybe three of my fifty favorite movies ever. Fair enough. What I, about I, In and Out? In and Out is another solid one for solid. me. Solid. I like In and Out. I, I like What About Bob a lot. I like In uh, Indian the Cover. It's just that after Bowfinger, he made the score, Stepford Wives, Death at a Funeral. He made three little three turds. Yeah, well, I mean, the people fall off. Yeah. yeah, it's just interesting. It just it's crazy like that he made the score. Their... Remember when the score came out? Yeah, and everyone was like, "This is it." You got Brando. Yeah. Then you got Brando's heir, De Niro. Then you got De Niro's heir, Edward Norton. He was unquestionably the heir apparent at that point. <laughs> yeah. And I like Edward Norton, and I'm always interested in what he has to do, but he is not De Niro's no. heir. No, that is not a mantle he has claimed. That was a weird horse to bet And on. also, yeah. that movie is horseshit. It yeah. is so bad. I was telling someone, this is just a podcast now of us telling stories about other movies <laughs> and other directors. <laughs> this is what Performance Interview is. I was telling my friend Sarah a story the other day that I think is incredible. Uh, so Brando hated Frank Oz. Interesting. Well, did respect and, him. And, and didn't he do it with his pants off or yes, something? Yes, this right. is the story. This is the story. This yeah, is the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, right. So Brando from day one agreed to do the movie. He was probably this paid is five his million dollars. Movie, right? I think. God, was it his very last screen performance? It might, it might have been. It's. I think I it's his it last. The island. Uh, no, that was, was before. That was before. That movie's yeah. out of its mind. He was supposed to do Scary Movie Two right after this. <laughs> they were going to pay him like seven million dollars to be the opening scene of Scary Movie Two. And he showed up on set with a respirator tank and could barely breathe and was like, I'm ready. Yep. The and they score like, is his fired last him on movie. the set. The, the score, score is his last, last film. Movie. Jesus yeah. Christ. Okay. So that's more than Unless you count Superman Returns. He's great. In that. He is. He is great in that. Um, he agrees to do the film. They pay him a lot of money. He shows up on the first day. Frank Oz gives him a note. He goes, I'm not fucking listening to you. You're Miss Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny that he knows that. He knows it. You know, living on his weird tropical island with all his like creepy lady like yeah. servants or whatever, but he's like, no, I know this guy's Miss Piggy. Yeah, so anytime- <laughs> Why did he agree to do the movie? Anytime- Exactly. <laughs> anytime Frank Oz is like, okay, so for this one, I think we're going to do- uh, I start off with a wide, and he's like, no, nah, you're Miss Piggy. We're not doing a wide. <laughs> <laughs> so two incredible things happen. One is that for the entire duration of the shoot of the score- Robert De Niro is every day wearing a microscopic earpiece, and Frank Oz whispers into Robert De Niro's <laughs> ear what he needs as a director, and, and then De Niro, De Niro just goes, for it. "Hey, uh, uh, Marlon, can I throw something out at you?" He's like, "Yeah, sure." And he's like, "Maybe try doing this this time." <laughs> and Brandon's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, that sounds like a great idea." My impressions are on fleek this <laughs> episode. Great, great. And so, <laughs> like, Robert De Niro's surrogate directed, right? All De Niro's a great director, by the way. Yeah. Good Shepherd is a fucking masterpiece. But he didn't pretend like he was the director. He just went like, hey, yeah, no, he's just a little peer to peer advice. Well, yeah. Not only is he a great director, he's a great actor. <laughs> so he's <laughs> acting like he's not a director. That's the thing. I mean, that's the incredible performance. I'd love to watch De Niro that. Performance. Got an Oscar for the score. For the behind the scenes <laughs> footage of the score. Yeah, best behind for the scenes performance. Um, yeah, what and if then the Oscars did that every year. Be great. Best but, like bullshit. Yeah. Like, you know, from an actor, like pretending to like someone. And then, yeah, the story you were building up to is there was one shot where there was one scene where Brando believed it should be played entirely in a close up. Right. He was like, this is my emotional beat. I want it entirely in a close up and nothing else with no edits and no coverage. Yeah. And Frank Oz was like, I want a wide to like get us into the scene. And Brando was like, nope, only close up. Right. And Frank Oz was like, I need a wide. And Brando right. was like, okay, let me go back to my trailer and change. What he did is brilliant. And brilliant. he must have been 80 years old at this point. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He can barely walk. Right. He looks like uh, Jabba the Hutt, uh, noted uh, Gorg uh, spitter from The Phantom Menace. He does. He looks terrible. Yes. 
Um, he comes out on set just with no pants and no underwear. No pants. Yeah. He's just wearing a shirt, and then his dick and balls are hanging out. I mean, maybe. I imagine they're obscured by his massive gut. His dick and balls are <laughs> in the wind. They're in there somewhere. <laughs> his ass is hanging out. They are hitting say, fresh know. air. Whether or not they're <laughs> visible depends on what you're, where you're standing in relation to his tummy. <laughs> but his dick and balls are out. And he goes, oh, okay, I'm ready for that wide shot. And they just can't do it because the wide shot. Did no one say like, oh, could you put your pants on that? We need your pants to be on for they this did. scene. They did. And he went, oh, no, no, I'm ready to shoot. <laughs> I'm good to go. Let's, let's, anyway, let's Frank roll. Oz gets a thumbs down? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Sure. yeah. I, already, <laughs> I already marked that. <laughs> and he couldn't even direct Brando. He couldn't even what a pussy. Uh, Tamura Morrison is Django Fett. The great Tamura Morrison, a New Zealand actor. He's a, he's a Maori. This is a really tough one. Uh, I think... He's okay. Yeah. He, in his one scene with the helmet off, he projects some a little bit of menace. The scene in his quarters when he's talking to Obi-Wan. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, there's some interesting tension there. That feels like a real scene of two actors acting against each other. Unlike yes. all the other scenes in the movie. A that's little like, bit. But that's like two, it's yeah. a little touch of like, oh, right, that's why it's good to have actors in movies because you get tension, you get energy from the interplay of the two of them. Right. There's like an actual back and forth there that's kind of interesting. Kind of interesting. Can we say he's good? Most of the it's movie, he's wearing a fucking helmet. I don't. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even the sidelines is mostly a physical performance. It's like a one. He's all right. He's all right. I, I got. I, I mean, think good is strong. All right. I but think bad is strong let's too. Let's give him a, a let's give him a thumbs up. You gonna give me a thumbs down? I'm gonna give you a thumbs down because right, I want Ben, ben to break pick this on tie. This one. Break this tie. Ooh, this is tough. Right? Because um, he's not bad and he's not good. Right. He really is down the middle. He's got moments um, of both. I'm trying to think. When he, when he uh, leading up to his death, yes. is there any kind of interaction between him and his son? Oh, absolutely not. He's standing at the little uh, box with Dooku, and he's like, go out there, get him, puts his helmet on, goes, gets his head sliced off. Yeah. For for how much they like make a point of being like uh, Jango Fett had only one request is to raise a clone as his own. You never really see any emotional bond between the two of them. Yeah, and I feel like it doesn't get resolved at all, or there's no, no kind of real uh, showing of that relationship, father son, or whatever the fuck it is. But is it like does he just want this kid so he can train him? Does he actually care about him? Is he lonely? Like that one scene that is kind of good in how he plays off of. Uh, you and McGregor, he's given nothing off the kid. Like he's just going like, oh, "Jengo, hit that door." Yeah, very, very, very restrained. It's all internal. Gotta give us something. I mean, but but he's a bad guy, right? I he's mean, a he's a bad guy. guy. He's a bad guy, and he is not. He's kind of menacing, like you said. Kind of. I don't know. In a phantomy way. If you compare him to the performance of Christopher Lee. Who's uh, like a great bad guy? Oh, Ben, I think is raising. He's got it. All so right, give I'm him gonna a know. No. I'm going to say no. bad. He never really feels like a threat. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's very fair. I think. That's Sorry, Tamara, you're point. great in other movies. Once yeah. for Warriors is a great movie. And it's almost a good performance, but we just fall on bad, and and a lot of it was was once again the hand you were dealt. George Lucas is dealing out poo poo cards. That is very true. You got the ace of poops, my friend. 
Jimmy Smith okay. as Senator Bail Organa. Okay, now, the, we have not talked about this no, before. No, we haven't talked about this at all. What a weird one. So Jimmy Smith at this point is coming um, right off of NYPD Blue. And LA Law. Yeah. You're talking about 10, 15 years as one of America's like top TV hunks. Right. He's got Emmys. He's got Golden Globes. But I'm saying he had like, just left NYPD Blue before coming on this. So at this point, we're like, this is one of the steadiest presences of the small screen. Yeah, we love him. We love. He was on fucking uh, Miami Vice, too, right? No, no, L.A. Law. LA Wasn't Law. he on Miami Vice for a couple episodes? Oh, I, don't I know maybe. he wasn't a regular on L.A. Law. I am not a no, fucking No, he was plebeian. a regular on L.A. Law. I know he was a regular oh, on sure. L.A. Law. I know he wasn't a regular on Miami Vice. I think he had an arc. You yeah, fucking dunce. He's in Brothers Keeper, which is the greatest. Only the one episode, but he's in that episode, which is the of greatest. Of Miami Vice. Yeah, which so is the greatest. I nailed it. It's, it looks like it's his first credit, too, which is crazy. So that's why I remembered, and um, it was a good episode. It's the, you know, it's, right. the, it's the pilot. Right. And very uh, quick, that's why I know. The very Michael quickly, Mandrake. I don't want to interject, but you guys realize that you just set up someone by being like, just coming off of NYPD Blue. Who who knows this stuff? <laughs> this you two big, are ridiculous. This is a big show. All right, all right. NYPD Blue, people loved it. People loved it. L.A. Law, he was a hunk du jour. <laughs> he jumps strip straight onto another hit, steers it into the golden land of hit, Hitsville. Sure, he replaced David Caruso. Let's, you know, so, you know, NYPD yep. Blue has one big season with David right. Caruso. Caruso's a big star. He jumps ship. Goes yeah, to ben, be in don't movies. fucking scoff at us. No, no, no. This is an important narrative. He's in jail. You guys are great together. NYPD <laughs> blows up. Everyone's like, it's all thanks to that Caruso. Caruso. Caruso's got it. Your next big star. Caruso. Caruso's like, I'm too big for this town. I'm going to Hollywood. So in comes Smith. And, uh, Caruso leaves. Everyone goes, ah, oh, fucking, you can't do blue without Caruso. You might as well call it NYPD Caru. You might as well. People thought the show was NYPD dead. red because of his hair. Because <laughs> of his hair. <laughs> NYPD. Yeah, no, it's Caruso. crazy. And, and they bring in Smiths. What does Smiths do? It takes Turns it to the it next level. My point is, they, they handed him. Smiths is a man one bit who has been handed history. a deck of shitty cards before, and he's fucking won. He swept the table. Oh, Guy so knows good. how to play a game. Fucking good movies, too. He was in, what, American Me? Great movie. That guy, is a great movie. That's guy's a great good. movie. My family. Yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah, there's like this like major like a movement of uh Latino dramas, like independent Latino dramas in the nineties and eighties, and he's starring in a lot of them, doing he's really great. good work and important films. They're changing a national conversation. You fucking idiot, Ben. How is he in Star Wars episode two? Not good. Attack of the Clones. <laughs> oh, whoa. What? What's buried down there right at the bottom? Right at the bottom, security guard in Babe Pig in the City. What? <laughs> Another Australian film. Yeah. I love this guy. I gotta say now. All right. Thumbs up. No, I Good think, job, Anthony I think he got a great voice, mostly delivering exposition, no, but with fine. a really he's interesting good. rhythm. Yeah. yeah. I like but it. But then how do you feel about Rena Owen as Lama Sue? Like it too. Now. I like I like these Camonians. Uh, 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 yeah. Caminoans. I might be a little swayed by I like their design so much, and I think she's a New Zealand actress. So I think Owen. they're the one cool example design. of CGI effects in the movie that totally hold up. I think, especially in close-ups, they look really great. They hold up. The backgrounds don't. Looks but terrible. They hold up. I think the, the acting work on those characters is really strong and subtle, and I think the detail work on the actual models is really, really good. Uh, Raina Owen also in Once Were Warriors. I believe she's the female lead of Once Were Warriors. Interesting. Um, she's great. Reteamed with Tamara Morrison. Here's, here's something I want to tell you. Yeah. She is one of six actors in the world to have worked with both George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. 
Because she is an AI. Playing? Let's find out. I watched AI like a week ago. One of my favorite movies ever made. Great movie. Seriously the best. She plays a ticket taker. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool for her, though. I'm sorry, didn't, that didn't blow you more. No, it's cool away. for him. Um, Next performance. I would like to know who the other five are, though. I'd have to think about that. Harrison Ford. No, uh, he no yeah, he's in American Graffiti. Right, he's in American Graffiti, <laughs> and he's in the Indiana Jones films. <laughs> I pulled myself out of that deal, Smith. Anyway. A uh, real indie style. Aletha McGrath in Ma- as Madame Jocastanu. Alethea uh, McGrath. Well, okay, so this is tough. I think she's good. I mean, I think she's great if we assume she's playing what we have put on this character. Yeah, right. She's playing a desperate, desperate attempt to keep uh, secret the fact that she had an affair with Count Dooku. That she has feels erased- protective yeah, of yeah. him and his information because she thinks what they had was love. And for, for him, it was, she was just actress. another side piece, you know? Um, I think that's an interesting performance that she's playing there. Otherwise, you could say that maybe she's... She's Aloof. kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah. She's fine. Let's give her a thumbs up. I give no, her a thumbs up. Wait a second. How many thumbs up do we have? So far, we are at 12 thumbs up and 14 thumbs down. Let's give her a thumbs down. I'm I worried agree. about I'm this. Getting, it's How did we, I thought we were being so negative this one. How did yeah, this get Yeah, but then we gave again? both of the Camino wins thumbs up. Yeah, that's, I mean, those are thumbs up. We should have been right. saving up for those I'm two. excited for this one. Okay. Susie Porter as WA7. Do you know who WA7 is? Flo? Exactly. <laughs> there she is, the waitress oh, yeah. from Dexter's thingy. Uh, his okay, restaurant. What's there to discuss? It's a thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah, it's well, not a Mac thumbs up. It's a thumbs up and two she... dicks up. I'm rock as a board. <laughs> rock as a board. Rock as a board. <laughs> I'm rock as a board, man. She also played a character called Hermione Bagua, who- In this movie? In this movie, who is another waitress at- Dexter's. Oh, yes. Uh, the the human waitress in the background. Yeah, so she's both characters. So she's playing all the waitresses. So let's give her two thumbs up. <laughs> One thumb up is enough. For a grand total of four thumbs. Um. Anyway, then we have. Two dicks. Then <laughs> two dicks. we have Matt Doran as Elon Slees Bagano. Oh, I mean. Another Australian actor, best known for another film, his performance in another film, also shot in Sydney. Mouse in, in the, Matrix. the Matrix. Yeah, I mean, I love Mouse. this guy. I always think about. Wonder what happened to him. I mean, it's such a big impression on me. He seems to mostly make Australian things. He's not done much. He's in a lot of shorts these days. It's not, you know, it kind of fell off. I mean, dude fucking kills it in this. I'd say it's probably my favorite supporting performance of 2002. This is so bizarre, but okay. It's not. (laughs) Should have won an Oscar. (laughs) Fucking razor sharp comic timing. You see an entire arc of a man having to question all his life choices up until then. He's got 40 seconds. You see a man reassessing everything he's ever done, ever been. He's a sleaze bagging though, David. He never had a chance. Yeah, he gets a thumbs up. Let's move on. You're at now 14 thumbs up and 20 thumbs down. Well, we're almost over. Okay. Alex Knoll is J.K. Pertola. Do you know who that is? No. It's the four-year-old initiate who knows where the fucking system is. Oh, yes. Right? You're giving him a thumbs yeah, up? Yeah, kid's great. All right. He's got the goods. What's he been up to since then? Uh, Alex Knoll, what's he been up to? Let's see. He's... Not in any other films ever made. Okay, only well, one and done. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Phoebe Yamikati is Mary Amethyst, another of the initiates, a four-year-old human Jedi initiate. She's a little Asian girl. I don't remember her in this film at all. Oh, she sounds cute. Give her a thumbs up. <laughs> She's very cute. Yeah, it's adorable. And finally, 
Kenny Baker as R2-D2. I mean, once again, how do we even rank this, right? <laughs> I don't know. How do you He's the to... last credited performer. What do you do? I don't I don't know how much of that was CGI. What, we, what was he's, just in the oh, he's in there. Oh, he's in there. When he's <laughs> flying? <laughs> yeah, he can fly it. He can fly it. He and Kenny Baker can fly? <laughs> How do you fucking? He's in there. He's in there. We know it. No, we know it. We know he's in there. I, I say it's another. I say well, we gave him a too close to call last time. What do we do? We we ranked him neither good nor bad. He was the one. Yeah, he gets a he gets a question mark. He gets a question. I mark. want to point out that Liam Neeson is uncredited as Qui Gon Jin archive sound. Is there even an archive sound? Is that something that Yoda hears? Maybe. Yeah, I I forget what the moment was. I looked this up. There's some scene where you can hear Qui Gon's echo underneath another piece of dialogue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 They're very vague. Anyway. Yeah, I give him a thumbs down for that. <laughs> he shouldn't have. He should have looked at his contract and made sure that they weren't allowed to. Fucking reuse his dialogue in other movies. Okay, so what's our final tally? Okay, so final tally is 15 thumbs up. Okay. 20 thumbs down and one question mark for Kenny Baker. I'm more comfortable with that. I still think we gave too many thumbs up. So who do we give thumbs up to? Kit Fisto, all over the trial (laughs) Jedi, both Kimonians. Ewan McGregor, Christopher <laughs> Lee, Daniels, <laughs> Ian McDermott, Anthony Daniels as the bar patron. We gave we gave uh, thumbs up to the whole cast of Dex's Diner. <laughs> we Joel Schumacher, <laughs> so good. I loved it when he told He's you. He's a nice guy. We also gave Jack Thompson a uh, underrated performance. Oh right, I forgot we gave him that award. <laughs> and uh, Ian McGregor wait, wait, got possibly most like Lars. Like, right, okay, so most improved. Let's go on a couple other superlatives. Most improved is you and McGregor. Jack Thompson wins oh, underrated. I'd say uh, uh, Dexter Jester's MVP. Yeah, all right. He's the most memorable. Oh, uh, you're, so you're saying he's an MMP? <laughs> I'm so I'm so hot and tired. <laughs> this episode might be our longest ever episode. That's not true. Well, well the commentary is yeah, longer. Yeah, we'll cut some stuff out. No, we won't. No, no, no. Add stuff in. Add stuff in. Yeah, sure. Ben, if you could add uh, some stuff it. in. Yep. Yeah, if you can cut in like more of uh, the erotic fan fiction. I could do that, that yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could do that. Um, maybe some Michael Jackson music. Would love that. Can you end this episode with Don't Stop Till You Get Enough? I yeah, think, yeah. Uh, play it six times. <laughs> yeah, in a loop. yeah, just back to back to back. And if they sue us, tell them uh, they can take all their complaints right to the UCB, right to the top. To my boss. Yeah, yeah. To the, no, all to the, the big way, four. All the way to Besser. To the big four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell them to knock on Amy Poehler's door. Yeah. Right. Um, well, can Amy Poehler be a guest on this show? Definitely. We'll get her on next week. I'll email her, see if she's interested. What is she, Amy at UCB.com or something like that? It's actually Amy. Poehler. Poehler at, at Gmail. <laughs> That is R.I.P. Harris Whittles. That is one of Harris Whittles' is one of my favorite tweets of his, which was just like, like here's a little scoop. Everyone you yep. like, their email address is just their name at gmail.com. <laughs> Anytime I've ever gotten an acting job where I'm like a tiny part in a thing with big ass yeah. actors yeah. and there's a mass email, I'm like, oh, literally everyone's email is like tom.cruz at gmail.com. <laughs> Everyone. You could guess any celebrity's email. <laughs> Now, whether they'll reply to you, that's another story. Well, they're busy. They're very busy They're people. very busy people. Yes. You want to know the dumbest thing about this move my parents are making? Go and, ahead. And how much stress and anxiety it's cost me and how little sleep I'm getting and all this stuff? Yeah, sure. Shoot. Literally moving five blocks away. 
Right. They're moving within a neighborhood, basically. Yeah. And my dad, like, we went and got dinner the other night, like, in the quote unquote new neighborhood. Right. And he's like, what do you think of the new neighborhood? Pretty hip, huh? Five blocks. <laughs> but it's not a new neighborhood, is it? No, they're moving. They're, they're literally moving, like, within the village. They're moving like four avenues over. Yeah. All right. Well, new neighborhood. Hey, man, if you live one place for, I don't know, how long have they lived in that place? Uh, my dad's lived there for uh, probably about 35 years. You know? Anything's yeah. a change. Yeah, I agree. But that speaks more to the fact that my father never went beyond a five block radius. He's a parochial man. Yeah. Is what he you're works saying. two blocks away from where he's lived for the last sure. 35 years. Sure. Um, and it sounds he, like a good life. He like has like only two places where he eats. Really? Yeah. So I could go find your dad if I went to wherever. Well, he used to always go to Grace Papaya on eighth. I know and on eighth and sixth. That's yeah, and, and it's gone now. Got demolished by a liquideria. Wait, your dad has been eating Grace Papaya hot dogs like as a meal <laughs> for like decades. Yeah. yeah, those things are not exactly like if I eat like three of those, it's an emergency. Did I mention my father's dead? <laughs> That he died 25 years ago. So when you say he's moving a few avenues over, you mean a few avenues into heaven. He's a ghost dad. Yeah. (laughs) Let's not talk about ghost dad. He's a ghost dad directed by Sidney Poitier. Um... Uh, no, yeah, my father, my father, he, he would only eat grace of pie. He'd get the recession special, which was the what, two, yeah. two dogs, two and dogs drink. and a soda or whatever. Right. Or and a papaya. He would, uh, by the way, this is a podcast about uh, Star Wars episode two, Attack of the Clones, <laughs> the sequel to the Phantom Menace. <laughs> uh, he would get the For recession. For first time listeners, in case you're just listeners. tuning in. Yeah, this yeah. is. Uh... This isn't talking dad. This is. <laughs> Attack go of the on, Podcast. Please go ahead. Griffin and David present Attack of the Podcast where we talk about the second and final Star Wars film. Now, my dad, let me just know. Well, let me finish up my dad and then we'll all have time to talk about dads. No, we got, I, we got I, an hour I have another thing I want to talk about. We all got go time ahead. to talk about our dads. Uh, he would order the recession special and then uh, the Atkins craze hit. And my father was like, I, I do have a bit of a belly. I should probably lose some weight. Okay. So then he did what he called the modified Atkins. All right. Which was he got the recession special but without buns. So he would just eat a craze with a wiener. <laughs> would just eat two that wieners. Is, that's gross. Yeah. And yeah. also, how do you even, like, how are you hand It's a hot tube of meat. Yeah, they would just throw <laughs> it at him. they throw it into his mouth. I love Grace Papaya. Uh, it's the best, it yeah. still exists on 72nd and Broadway. That's the only other true, pure Grace yes. Papaya. It's important to note, there's papaya I'm, dog. I'm fine with the other papayas. They're just not they're as fine. good. It's not the same thing. You know, but if I want a cheap-ass meal yeah. at, like, 11 at night or whatever in Manhattan, then, yeah. yeah you know. But there's, like, the papaya dog on, like, what is it, like 6th Avenue and, like, it's right next to the IFC. That's correct. Like, yeah. near Waverly. Yeah. And uh, that one uh, is fine, but they also sell fucking, like, Philly cheesesteaks and chicken fingers and all these yeah, things. Yeah, it's, it's like, horseshit. You should just have hot dogs. Well, that's the thing. Grace of Pie just fucking knew. It's, like, six fruit drinks. Yeah. Well, the weird, hot dog. The weird thing about Grace of Pie is they're like, we're going to be a hot dog place. And what do people like with hot dogs? Papaya juice. <laughs> And exotic fruit drinks. It really does feel like it's like someone's like, I'm going to open a bagel store. And like, what do people like with bagels? Papaya juice. Like, it, <laughs> it doesn't match with anything. I but they that, just decided, you know what? They're going to have the fucking papaya juice. I think the point you're making here is papaya juice doesn't go well with anything. It doesn't really go. <laughs> you know what weird. I mean? <laughs> it's a weird juice. Both movies hinge on this moment where Palpatine gets someone to do something for him. Mm-hmm. So in the first movie, Padme. Vote of no confidence mm-hmm. in Chancellor Valorum. And for some reason, even though there are a million senators in yeah. this like tube hall yeah. that they live in filled with like little flying platforms, yeah. no one has the guts to do it, but Padme does it. And then yeah. in the second movie, same thing. I wish someone would, you know, vote for an army of the Republic and 
Jar Jar Binks. Okay, so in this system, do you just need one vote to get something passed? You need one vote to propose it, I guess. That's what I'm asking. Right. It seems silly that it's not come up before. And, like, the Jar Jar Binks thing, is it like, because Jar Jar's not proposing it, is it like, oh, they were deadlocked tied. They need one additional vote mm-hmm. out of 50 million votes. Mm-hmm. It's a dead tie right now. Re- 25 right. million, yay. So, 25 so million. Here's some backstory nay. on the Galactic Senate. Yeah, please. The Galactic Constitution invested it with the power to regulate trade, maintain maps of hyperspace routes. Yeah. And uh, had a Supreme Chancellor. Originally. So this is all just about fucking trade originally, and routes. If you, trade routes. If you just ha- originally, if you have a planet, you just get to be in it. Okay. Uh, and then I think it seems like it changes. I don't know. This is like so long. See, this is what's, this is, I'm already, uh, I'm starting so to have like a panic boring. attack about this. Can you click on Galactic Constitution? Because I think this is just a, a fucking rabbit hole. We're going to keep on going down. It is, it is, it is linked to. This is what I don't understand. So originally it used to be any planet gets represented. That makes sense. The, the Constitution was written in 25,000 BBY. Oh, so we're talking about 25,000 years before this movie. Born before Yoda, yeah. By a member of House Organa, which is Jimmy Smits's house. So that's yeah. how long Jimmy Smits's family's been around. 25,000 years. Okay. Uh, it's the same Constitution, although it has been modified. Um, and it creates a Senate and a Supreme Court. It's just a ripoff of our system. But is it like the UN? Is it like NATO? No, it's Within like the American reality, government. And each planet essentially functions as a state? Yeah, exactly. You nailed it. How meaningless do you feel if you're an entire I know. planet, an entire Ima- world? Imagine if there were 50 million states. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and each state was that large and had that. Like, think of, okay, so the one planet of Naboo, which functions as a state. Little planet. Right. We see how different the fucking Gungans live from how the humans live. True. Not to mention all the wacky, spooky sea creatures. And you're telling me one person gets a vote to represent all of them. When the Gungans don't even seem to fucking respect. It's only at the end of Phantom Mass that they're like, okay, Padman, we can work together. That is, This is all very fair. It's all very true. Uh, so the Galactic Senate has 2,000 Congress people, a.k.a. Senators, uh, representing sectors, systems, Individual planets, corporations, and guilds. Imagine being someone who's assigned to speak for an entire system of planets. Some are elected directly. Some are appointed by a planet's ruler. Some are a planet's ruler. And they are the only ones with voting power. How does it... I don't know. You could join or be a signatory to someone who had joined. But is it like the UN? Is it like NATO? I mean, it's like... You asked that already. You asked that five seconds ago. Because I don't don't understand this. I I think it's like our... Government, but here's the thing. So you're telling me whoever the chancellor is is allowed to tell every single fucking planet what to do? No, because the chancellor's like the president, right? All right, well, all right, Let's... right. The president of of the galaxy, yeah, of the universe, yeah, maybe. Well, of the republic, of the organization that is helping to, yeah. The Senate is led by a supreme chancellor, so it's kind of like a speaker. You know, you know, right. like that. So maybe he's almost more kind of like more of a prime minister than a president. Uh, kind of, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, okay, but he's elected by the representatives of the Senate. He could serve two four-year terms before having to retire. But they their main function is just to figure out fucking trade routes. Here's an interesting thing. Yeah. 
All of the chancellors elected between 1400 BBY and 1000 BBY. Again, Attack of the Clones takes place in around like 30 BBY. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. All the chancellors elected in that period, in this 400 year period, were Jedi. Oh, shit. But then that was broken by some other guy. They were, this is all 1000 years before the movie, doesn't matter. They were Jedi. Yeah, so well, they used to be Jedi. Right, they trained Jedi to be keepers of the peace. They would be good at that. Anyway, apparently the Supreme Chancellor is not an important position until Palpatine takes it over. Before then, it is kind of like a functionary trying to corral all these people. Palpatine's the one who kind of turns it into a dictatorship. Yeah. I just feel like I fucking give up. Uh, I have a surprise. We're going to get back to talking about politics in 45 minutes, but I I have a surprise. You have a surprise? Yeah. Wait, wait. I actually am unprepared for whatever. Yeah, he's I do. was debating whether or not to do this, but I think we've hit a point. We got to do it. Or what? Talk about what a difficult kid I was. Oh wait, do you have like a picture? No, I, I you know, I've been packing, oh. going through my. Oh parents right, shit. this is. I forgot. That's a treasure trove. Yeah, and I found something. <gasps> Back in blackface, or no. can you minstrel show me? No. I don't think you said that before. I forgot that. Part. Can you minstrel show me how to get to Racism Street by Griffin Newman? This is. The essay, I mean, for people who might not know, this is the essay you wrote, well, what year? Do you know what year? This probably would have been 2004. Okay, so, and it's about uh, Hollywood's history of minstrelry? Minstrelry? Uh, yes. Uh, it was me trying to solve the racial ills of you the You were world. trying to solve it. What, what, what class did you write this for? History. American history? history. I think it was American history. And, like, what was the assignment? Write about something. <laughs> <laughs> write about something. Griffin went to like a hippie school. Yeah, I just know. I just remember that the fact that I chose this topic was like very odd and surprising and off base. It was. They did not expect you to do that. No, because I don't think. I mean, you got a good. Yeah, Griffin. I very much enjoyed reading this paper. Hey now, you made a fine, impassioned. Whoa, struggling here. Sorry. Uh, case against the strife of some. Black entertainment. He writes black entertainment in quotes. In quotes. As if it's a man. And your use of Amos and Andy is very effective. I did a lot of research. <laughs> you do a good job of describing yeah. the origins of minstrel shows and what they represented. What you needed to develop more was the time between minstrelry and the time of Amos and Andy. Uninteresting to me. Uh, what did the what did the four <laughs> white men do? I don't know what that means. I think they were a group. What sort of shows became popular? How did minstrel shows become so acceptable that between... That you could end up with Amos and Andy. And you pass over the jazz singer and birth of a nation too quickly, Griffin. Those are seminal moments in film, both for how they looked, messages they portrayed, and how obviously they sounded. And obviously how they sounded. That's what he's saying. Obviously how they sounded. You can establish a timeline rope. Uh, but he did enjoy the views. You don't get a grade. This is St. Anne's. They don't give you grades. Don't give you grades. Oh my god! Well, a, fuck. He went to the. I went to the. He went to the same school my girlfriend went to. They did, they write like an essay. Let me see if I can find the section on Beauty Shop. So like when Beauty Shop's a crazy great movie. I hate it. I, I totally know. It's so is. good. Uh, this is the kind of school though where they like hug you. It's like, a it's a to it's, get a grade it, or Dunham something. Went or, there. It's like yeah. a hippie Brooklyn rich kid. You'd like school. write like essays instead. It's that's. It was like Jesus Christ. It was founded with the purpose of like being a nice alternative school for like, you know, kids who maybe think differently or whatever. And but then like it's a private school in Brooklyn. I think just a lot of rich people sent their kids there. Uh, you, okay, so you want to hear some Artie. some really misguided, Artie. disgusting things I said? I just want to read some excerpts. <laughs> 
Jesus Christ. Everyone's going to stop listening to this show. Everyone's already stopped. For how, many sh- years, how many minutes have we been recording? How many years? 40. Okay. For a show that's not allowed to be replayed on television, the quote-unquote racist characters of Amos and Andy. Mm. So I'm calling mm. it to question whether or not they're racist, which is not my place to do. True. Use better grammar than the characters in films like Soul Plane. Are Griffin, smarter. This is terrible this territory is that you're in. You should territory. really be clear about this. Yeah, I Griffin. Of you today, are telling people how to talk. Yep. Essentially, yeah, smarter than characters in films like Guess Who. So you just want to be like contrarian about like, hey man, Amos and Andy. That was well written entertainment compared to this nonsense. Yeah, I think that was my big point. Was I thought like as a comedy writer, Amos and Andy had good jokes. <laughs> I'm taking this away from no, you. No, because I, I got to read this one other All sentence. Right, I know I'm digging myself sentence. into a pit. You are. Smarter than characters in films like Guess Who and will accomplish more than characters in films like My Baby's Daddy. So I was like looking at a film like My Baby's Daddy, which if you don't remember, was I like the urban remake one. of Three Men and a Baby. Yeah. Or it wasn't. It was three men who have look it up. children out of wedlock and then have to deal with being single fathers. It was Anthony Anderson, Eddie Griffin, and Michael Imperioli were the three men. <laughs> And I was passing judgment on what those characters would go on to accomplish in their lives after the film. Right. Above all, though, Amos and Andy was a well-written, humorous show. What the fuck are you talking about? I have no idea. Right. I don't understand. How did I get a no. good? I'm this taking is the most offensive thing well, this ever. Is the whole, this is the horrible privilege that you are invested with. <laughs> you could write this nonsense and no one would slap you down. We can ask how we live in a society where children are getting abortions at age 13 and then nominated... These songs for Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards, a show whose winners are chosen by the hey. children of the world, but the nominees are selected by committees. Of the children of the world? What am David, I by the way, you went to school in England, right? I went to school in England. Yeah, I went to school in North Jersey. Like, Crazy. You, no, it was like, my my grade was basically just, they would just stamp like, you're not going to go anywhere in life. That was like the grade and <laughs> the grade notes just, I got. It was just a grade, it was a letter grade or a grade out of 10. It was pretty simple. You know? They gave me a grade. It graded my work. Like, if you did okay, you wouldn't get punched in the arm. No. You know, just be like, good job. Eight out of ten. That sounds nice. Whatever. Normal. Right. Here's, here's the Griffin, exact sentence I was Griffin. looking for, and I'm going right. to throw this away because okay, I can't please. fucking- I need to look at it, but you are not allowed I, to I'm going to be anymore. murdered the second after I read this you sentence out loud. You wrote Pimp and Ho on page six. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I also write unintelligent, overly sassy, sluttish women on page four. Um, uh, Got them. I, here's here's the sentence. Ready? Ready for me to be murdered? Please just guys just watch the door because someone's gonna walk in and stab me. Go ahead. Fucking Joe this Biden. This is our is fan fiction episode me. where I'm actually just like, oh my god. Yeah. This is the sentence. This is the sentence. What is I it? Say do. the sentence. It's so clean. The spin-off beauty shop, however, is far more racist than Amos and Andy ever was. <laughs> now let's talk about beauty shop for a second, which yeah. I think is a tremendous movie. I haven't seen it since then, but clearly it made me very angry at the time. Um Beauty Shop is a Once s- again, not my place to fucking no. No, you don't know what you're talking Decree- about. No, no, I had no idea what I was talking. I thought I was gonna fucking solve. I it. think you're you're kind of like a Richard Cohen in the Washington Post, just to to bring it to mention, like an old white op-ed writer who's sort of like uh-huh. doesn't understand what he's seeing in culture these days, and is like, these movies seem to denigrate people. They seem to women seem to not have it, and like I don't understand. This is terrible. Like not understanding. Like culture reflects all kinds of things that are going on in society, yes. rather than lecturing or you know. Uh, whatever you know, like there's and a also, and, and also you're not allowed to tell people how to talk. Agreed, a hundred percent. 
Agreed. Yeah. If I've learned anything in the last uh, 12 years of my life, it's like, what should you be talking about? Fucking attack the clones. <laughs> yeah, that That's a thing true. you can be an authority on. Uh, anyway, I love Beauty Shop. Uh, I saw it in theaters. Me I too. reviewed it for my college newspaper, and I said, it, I think I said it was fine. I don't, I don't know if I gave it a rave. But I you didn't write it. an eight-page paper about how it was I, worse than anyone's I think I gave it like three out of five and said, like, it's a good time. It's a little silly. I regret uh, literally just, everything right now. I regret... <laughs> Writing this paper. You regret your father's sperm entering your mother's yeah. uh, ova. I, I regret- and forming a zygote. Yeah. 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 Every- Yeah. Ben's giving me a weird look. I regret everything from- I didn't from... have sex education at my school, so. <laughs> what was your school? Did you just yeah, go to school in like some alley? School. Where they like threw bricks at you? So it was- uh, There were lessons written on the bricks. <laughs> it was like kind of like, you know, there was like a highway and then you'd go down the embankment. Yeah. And it was like kind of a ditch. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, Beauty Shop, spinoff of Barbershop 2. Which I love the two Barbershop movies. Which had, it had kind of, Barbershop 2 had this sort of backdoor appearance by Queen Latifah with yes. the idea that she would go make her own movie, right? Mm-hmm. She's not really a big part no, of it. No, they established she's just, an ex of Ice Cube's character. Yeah, and she's, she, you know, she does hair. Yeah. Like, and then in Beauty Shop, she has moved to, I believe it's Atlanta. Uh-huh. And she talks about like, oh, Miss Chicago, but, you know, great to be here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And it's mostly about like, she gets this old busted beauty shop and fixes it up with the help of Alfre Woodard. Academy another- Award nominee. As, yeah, and as another uh, beauty shop employee and some other stylists. Uh, she's got a daughter, I think. She has, like, a kid. I think it's a daughter. Yeah. A cute kid. Uh, she used to work for an Austrian mean hairdresser man played by Kevin Bacon, who she has abandoned, mm-hmm. called, like, George or something. I forget what his name Like, Jorge. I, I don't yeah. know what it is. It's, yeah. it's very yeah. weird. It's like, he's just like an evil white European. Mm-hmm. Like, he has this sort of amorphous accent. Yep. And Jaimon Honsu plays- a Academy Award vi- nominee. Two time, plays a very handsome uh, African. I think he's Nigerian immigrant who's an electrician and like fixes up the place with her, and then they fall in love. Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's great. Everyone was freaking out about Andy McDowell in Magic Mike XXL. Yeah, her little appearance playing this kind of like older Southern lady who sort she of does the same thing. In, she does uh, the exact yeah. same thing in Beauty Shop, which was nine years previous. Uh, Alicia Silverstone is also in it as like a sort of a dumb white lady who says things like for your FYI. Yeah, that's probably what I was offended by as a dumb white lady myself. Yeah. Um, ben, you- I think it's a fun movie. It's very formless, which I kind of like. It's really just about someone starting a business and then like she successfully starts the business. Uh, ben, you smoke. Uh, do you have a lighter on your person? Yeah. When we're done with this episode, I'd like to go outside and burn this paper. No, it's great. You can't burn it. I, I'm, oh God. Don't do it. Don't do it. Look, it's part of your history. Yeah. As shameful as it is. This was like my minstrel show. All right. Just that was like the dark part of my history, the worst level of race relations where I felt like I had the authority to write a paper on minstrel shows. Um, it's crazy that you wrote the, how old were you? 15. Yeah. It's nuts. It's nuts. It's nuts. Is nuts. Anyway, but Star Wars Zach McClellan says very confusing politics. Are they the UN? Are they NATO? What are they? I don't know. It's not fair. Welcome, 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 one and all, to Griffin and David present Attack of the Podcast. Hi, Griffin. Hi, David. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? Well, I was on vacation last week, and I screwed up our recording schedule, and we missed a week, and I feel bad about it. It actually it worked out great because I needed that extra day to do more community service to offset the negative uh, energy I put into the world with our last episode. Uh, our been, last episode, 
donating all my time and money. You, our last episode was really embarrassing, but it was actually really fun to listen back to. Uh, JD, uh, J, J, we our guest is here. Our guest, we'll great, introduce him later. Yeah, multi hyphenate JD Amato. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. haven't introduced him yet. We haven't introduced him, but explain to JD. Um, you know, in the in the Jinx, how it doesn't make. Have you seen the Jinx? I've seen the Jinx. Yeah. So you know how it makes no sense that he stole that sandwich. And you're like, this guy's on the run. Everyone's looking for him. Yeah. He He's has $35,000 in a bag or whatever. Yeah, in yeah. his car. He doesn't need it. Why did he steal this sandwich? And it's like some part of him was like, it was a cry for help. Like he wanted to be caught. Right. I don't want to talk about this fucking movie anymore. I am so tired of this fucking movie. And I spent the last two weeks analyzing why in our last episode, I read large sections, too many sections. Ben had to cut some out of a history paper I wrote in 10th grade called Back in Blackface, or Can You Minstrel Show Me How to Get to Racism Street? Which was me trying to tackle the entire issue of representation of African Americans in the media uh, in, in only the most inappropriate way possible. And in, in only the way that a young white male could. Yep. Um, the yeah. weirdest thing it. is that Griffin uh, is still not. talking about this when Be, he really should let it I'm just... I'm explaining to JD, no, but yeah, okay. I, I, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I was trying to, you know, we're, we're happy to have you here. We're happy to talk about it. For once, I will say, I mean, this will tie into everything we're talking about today. I, I do find myself relating to Georgie Porgy Lucas more in the wake of that paper. Oh, I see. Because it's the same thing where I thought I was really doing good and taking a good stand. And this week, we're talking about Attack of the Clones, the second Phantom Menace movie from yeah. a filmmaking standpoint. Sure. J.D. Amato, who we haven't introduced yet. No, we haven't introduced him. It'd be like... 20 minutes from now. 20 minutes from now. Yeah. Sure. Is among many things, one, one of the finest young filmmakers of his generation. Thank you. Well, I, I know I have not been introduced yet, but no. I will say this is, not, this is not my thank you to you guys. I'll do that once you introduce me, but sure. thank you for having me on the podcast. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, excited yeah. to talk about this movie. Of yeah. course. Um, one of the strangest sequels in film history. No question. No question. You get, you get a shot. You make a first movie. It does really well, but everyone hates it. Yeah. And somehow you pull it out of the hat. You get a second one. Right. And this is what he does with it. But this is the point. I, we, we and want, there's a lot of criticism out there of this movie. Oh, a lot. A in, lot of criticism. In some way, even more than, than with The Phantom uh, Menace, the original Phantom Menace I, would say, I think Phantom Menace got more criticism for its characters or specific wrongs, such as Jar Jar or whatever, whereas this movie right, called was the back more and black criticized yeah. as a film. Yes, I agree like, with that. No yeah. one really liked it as a piece of cinema yeah. at all. But we watched, uh, in preparation uh, for this week, uh, we collectively watched a bunch of different documentaries and like featurettes yeah, behind the scenes. Which things. we probably should have watched to begin with, honestly, because it yeah. really colored in a lot of the things we've sort of been speculating on for weeks now. Well, here's a, a quick side rant. Uh, oh, go ahead. This, oh, about the Blu ray This fucking Blu ray is infuriating. I don't know. I don't even know what to say. I used to have this on DVD, this movie. And then DVD, it was like, play movie, commentaries, extras. And the extras, and it, it you like got your nice deleted scenes, you got your featurettes, you got your trailers titles. and your interviews. So wait, what's the Blu-ray that you guys have? It's okay. this. It's the, the complete saga on Blu-ray. So it's the, the two so it's Star Wars episodes movies. one and two. And then it's got like seven It's got other discs, discs, so many discs. So you haven't looked discs. into any of those discs. <laughs> no, 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 not There's at all. There's the one, the one <laughs> disc I looked at that had the special features for Attack of the Clones. Yeah. That's the only thing relevant right now. But it's like literally... Two movies, seven discs of special features. And on the disc, yeah, yeah, it's all these. And there's all these, like, paintings of, like, the later, you know, these expanded universe characters. These fucking, like, trading card characters yeah, that none of us give strange. a shit about. And, but 
So the on the Blu-ray, the, the George created a lot features, of fake characters just for merchandise that yeah, aren't don't yeah. appear in either of the movies. It's very strange. Han Solo, all these dumb fucking. <laughs> anyway, JD. Yes. You had never seen the movie before. I have never seen this movie before. You watched it today. You I had watched... seen Phantom Menace once as a child. I had that seen Phantom memory. Menace once. I think when I it saw, came I out. think I saw Phantom Menace a couple times. Oh sure, mm-hmm. sure. Um, really. It didn't do it for yeah, me. You were bummed yeah. out by it. I was bummed out by it. I I at the time thought it was the best one yet, and I by best one yet, I mean of course the best movie ever made. Right. That's yeah. What he means. And I don't know why what they were based on, but I had I, I felt like I went into it having expectations that this was going to be a great movie. Right. Uh-huh. And it did not fulfill the expectations that I had set up. Yeah. Um. You know, apropos of nothing. Uh huh. Uh, but because of that, I was too saddened to watch this next one mm-hmm. um, to the point that uh, I wanted to live instead in a world where I hadn't seen it because <laughs> so you're saying we have shattered your world we shattered well by making you appear on this podcast. like 15 years to yeah go. you had a yeah. while I wanted to live in a world where I hadn't seen it because that way it could have been good that I could you know I wanted it to be the a mystery box that yeah. I could always go I haven't seen it so it could actually be right, good right yeah. Schrodinger's cat sort of thing yeah. exactly um it, yeah exactly I it, until observed I had no idea if if it would ignite a nuclear explosion that would destroy me or keep us all safe I have a similar thing I'm like a pop culture completist where like even if I dislike something if I like a part of it I want to have the full breadth of knowledge yeah but Robocop yeah. which is one of my five favorite movies of all time Super I have movie. purposely Fucking avoided people. everything else related to me Robocop me knew I've never seen the sequels I never, didn't see the remake even though the re- I saw the remake which is stupid on Pe- my part some people were like hey the remake's not bad no, but I for, yeah I mean I just had no interest but Robocop 1 has such a beautiful ending yeah. it's the most perfectly there's ended no reason film. to make a sequel to this right movie. that I just don't want to see the second movie where at the start he's got the helmet back on again he's talking like Robocop and he's lost like his humanity yeah, and he has no to go sense. through the same fucking and what, But you did watch every episode of the TV show and wrote and directed every single episode and played every part, right? I didn't watch them. I did write, direct, and play. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but, actually, I think I've seen a couple episodes. Of the but TV I don't like show. to watch my own work. No, no. Um, okay, so now your world is shattered and you now live in a world where this exists. We're, yes. we're about seven minutes before we introduce you, by the way. I'm keeping yeah. an eye on the clock. Copy that. Yeah. The box is open. Yeah. So you've seen Attack of the Clones. I've seen it. You had 15 years to theorize what a sequel to The Phantom Menace would entail. And we right. have been trying to ask, like, is this a good sequel to The Phantom Menace? We're it's not been one of our argue, core questions. Is it a good movie? That's right. not is even it a question. Good, is does, it a good does it work sequel? as a sequel? I just watched it. Yeah. And I don't understand what happened in it. <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. Oh, that happens. Um, During the movie, that's a problem. I don't understand what's happening. We're in week eight, and we still don't understand what's happening not in really. half the movie. But yeah. not in a way... Well, here's the thing, is that there's films where I don't know what's happening, where it feels like... Um, you're you're wait, not supposed let, to know. Let me, let, me, let me back up to this and say this. That this film is an achievement in several ways. This is an impressive wow. film. Okay. Okay. Special effects-wise, where they're at, they did some things that were extremely ambitious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for... What they had at their fingertips, what they created, is an amazing feat of filmmaking. But to me, and that is not to say this is an objective truth, it didn't it didn't satisfy what I wanted from it. Mm-hmm. And what I will say is that I didn't quite understand what was going on, not because things were purposely being kept from me in a way that um, was uh, made me imagine or and then get frustrated by it. It was. I was so inundated with information about what was going on that I couldn't keep track of it, and it became just this 
complete sort of like a mess of trade federation understandings and who's this person, why is this happening? And I think it also didn't help because a lot of the technological, um, a lot of the things that made the film so hard to create technologically also made the film hard for the performers in it. Mm -hmm. And I think as a viewer, you rely on the performers to let you know how you should be feeling. And when the performers don't know how they should be feeling, then as an audience, you don't know how you should be feeling. And then you've lost all guideposts for what's going on. So when a piece of information is said and no one really reacts to it, (laughs) nor do I, and then it doesn't register as important. Yes. Yes. I think that's an incredible point. You're making a a case for it as like an aggressively surreal film. You're making a case for it as a film that like abandons any... Uh, like pretend, you know, any yeah. like of the uh, established ways of having an audience enjoy a movie. Aud- audience empathy is like, yes, yeah. right, right. Yeah, and I don't. You're th- very right that yes, like important things are said and characters re- react with blank faces. Well, I think th- all what it the speaks time. to, yeah. I, I think all these actors are trying to like make declarations of love, <laughs> things like that. I think all these <laughs> actors are trying to make deliberate, specific acting choices at every moment. I don't think anyone's asleep at the wheel. I think they're just genuinely so confused about what's going on around them and what they're supposed to be playing that the confusion reads more than their acting choices. This is the weirdest scene. Yeah, we, uh, the this movie. Is the testicle I've been sort of cycling around, and it's the, it's the testicle creatures, exactly. There's a fucking thing on the Blu-ray where the guy talks about designing the testicle creatures and how he had the design, and then he couldn't figure out the anatomy of how the musculature would work, and he worked on it for months. Why would he do that? Because why didn't George Lucas say, you know what, these actually look really weird. Let's do something else. Because he had thousands of people working on the movie, and he went, "Your job's just to design a testicle." So yeah, but we should talk about it. And JD is right. Like this movie is doing a lot of things that movies hadn't done before. It was a filmmaking revolution, a lot of ways. It was, and they're trying to do something that, to this day, would be difficult to achieve if they tried to make a film this ambitious from a um, CGI standpoint. Right. It would be difficult. And they were do they the inception of this film was probably twenty years ago now was when they started planning to make this film. In the amount that technology has changed in um, computer graphics and three D rendering and stuff like that has been leaps and bounds over the past five years. It's let alone let alone where it was twenty years ago when they started sort of coming up with the plan for how they're going to do this. So the fact that they achieved some things they achieved is really impressive. But that's it. Does not stand the test of time. No. And also, I don't think stood the test of time at the at the moment because they were they were doing things that they wanted to do things that they did not have the technology to achieve yet. And they did the best they could possibly do under the circumstances. And it was really impressive because these were the best of the best of the best working on it. Mm-hmm. But they just did not have the tools they needed to achieve the things that they were trying to do. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna dial this back a little bit. Sure. To I'll say this first is that. As someone who tries to make stuff professionally, I try mm-hmm. I try not to criticize other people's things too much. Yes. Um, just because... Griffin also uh, should do that, but doesn't. I should. I sure. As someone who podcast. wants to work in Hollywood and like you know form connections with uh, you know people who make movies, he uh, is doing an abominable job of networking. My agents told me not to do this because yeah. so, I just badmouth people every week, and yeah. I'm just not going to get hired ever again. And so one of the things that I try not to do is I I try not to endow characteristics onto directors or creators. Sure. Um, when I criticize or look at the things that they create, you just because, look at the product. Well. Look at the product. I think I think as if if you're gonna criticize some something, you have to look how, how do R2 and C three PO end up anyway? It doesn't matter. Carry it doesn't on. Matter. You have to look at something as basically a primary source, right? Mm-hmm. This was created. 
And my first instinct is always you have to say, this is how the person intended to make it. That has, that should be your first instinct. I agree. Is yeah. this is how they intended Does to make it. Does that seem weird to you? Well, don't try to guess it why. That's what they intended. Exactly. That's what they intended. Don't like uh, One of my least favorite things in criticism is when someone goes, um, this director is an idiot. They didn't even think of how to do da 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 Because it's, it's, instead of looking at the film as a primary source, it's, it's, then cr- it's crafting your own narrative for what the director is doing, which yes. then gets you down the road of, you're just self-justifying for whatever things you see in that. Which, mind that, you, there are tons of terrible movies made by very intelligent people with the best intentions, and there are a bunch of incredible movies that were mistakes where people ended up doing things wrong, and the final product right. is they figured brilliant it out. Right. in a way that that it can only work when divorced from what their intentions exactly. were. And so then I think the second part of things, if I look at something and it feels really off or I really don't like it, and um, I have trouble believing that this was the intention of the creator, mm-hmm. then the next step is I look at the process yes, and try to see what happened in the process and the actual story of making this that could have led to this version of things. So in looking at this film, I think there's a lot to speak of. Because also, let's keep in mind, um, George Lucas... Um, what what are what are the what are the what are the things that you guys know George Lucas yeah, from? He made he, he made American Graffiti. He made THX eleven thirty eight. Took a long break. He might be one he or two other movies, movies in the 70s. He produced, produced Raiders a lot. of the Lost Ark. Okay, and great. He produced like back. Legend yeah. and great. is it Legend I'm, or Willow? I always Willow. forget which Willow. Willow. Legend, Legend is Ridley Scott. Uh, Legend is Ridley Scott. Lost it's amazing, and I could do a whole podcast about Legend. Oh, that's interesting. Because sometimes. I sometimes see people go crazy for Willow. I sometimes I love Willow. Crazy for you know Legend. I was just reading about Tom Cruise and like how that was his like escape from Top Gun and from fame because yeah. yeah. that movie took a long time to make. And yeah. he was like in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and, and he like just like England, secluded yeah. himself. In that England, was before yeah. Top Gun, though. Well, I think it was. No, wait, was it? All right, I'm looking. I believe wait. maybe it was after Risky Business. I think not it was yeah. right after Risky yeah. Business. Yes, no, not, not, not Legend. Think, legend. He was, I think, 21 years old. It's crazy. And it was right Mira, after Risky Business. Mia Sarah was 16. Um, to my Tim Curry is incredible. In Legend. Love Legend, and the original film they they made they set to make out in Legend is an incredible film, and what the studio did to it made it into a not a good film. Mm. We can get into all that stuff. The soundtrack, oh my god! You can also listen to Twelve Hour Day. There's a lot of you explaining. Yes, you got to yeah. come back and do Legend sometimes. Oh no, my god! You know, yeah, yeah, we're gonna do other, we these. That's the kind of movies we're interested in, where like a lot of creative capital is being put on the line. Yeah, you know, when someone has movies. sort of like free reign to make something. I mean, that's because that's what these movies are. And these like, are self-financed. We should do a podcast called We Are Legend, where we talk about legend. <laughs> that's but, a really good title. But then can we also talk about I Am Legend? Because I think that movie's brilliant, too. Yeah, I think that's Except an interesting. Except it has a horrible ending. Wait, what? The, the Francis Lawrence movie, I Am Legend. Have you ever seen I Am what Legend? What movie? I Am Legend. What is that? You don't know that one? What is? I, I Am Legend. I Am Legend, yeah. yeah I've yeah. never heard of this. Wait, really? Yeah. With Will Smith? Will Smith? Yeah, I can't, I can't tell, tell if he's doing a bit. A bit right I can't now. tell because JD's kind of uh, sort See, of like we don't do bits on this show. That's the thing. We don't do bits on it. Yeah, this no, is just no, this show is straight raw from criticism. the heart. No, I'm sorry, guys. I apologize. I was doing a bit where I acted like I didn't know a movie existed. Oh, I yeah, see. see. No, we wouldn't do that. that yeah, I wouldn't. Make any I wouldn't get that. Us. Yeah, sorry. We try to work with our full Good intelligence, movie, our full yeah. reference base. Remember the Shrek monologue in I Am Legend? Yeah. yeah, and he just recites the scene from Shrek. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, okay, JD, that's funny, um, but please don't do that anymore on our show. Yeah, it's sorry. Weird, weird we don't to do those kinds of bits. Yeah, sorry, I won't do a bit, yeah. <laughs> I won't do a bit where I act like. And you know what I really it. hate is those kind of like meta bits where you're like doing a bit about another bit. That, Ugh, that that's insufferable. That's like that's that's why people hate modern comedy. <laughs> yeah, Ugh. and like bits about bits about bits. It's Jesus just like the Christ. fucking levels. And the too worst thing like, is when white guys have some fucking podcast where they just like talk about movies all day. I know. You know what I'll say? I hate when like white fifteen year olds. 
think they can fix the racism of the world in a in a history paper. Yeah. That's like my least favorite thing in the Those world. Those people should actively be put to Those death. people should be put like to death. Like the government should like send out agents hunting for them. Well, well, they should have been put to death at 15, but if they're still alive right now, maybe let them go. No, no, I think I think yeah, you can you can you can't forgive. Maybe they couldn't see their other ways. Fun fun fact, whenever Griffin goes to the bathroom, he just mutters to himself that he solved racism. <laughs> I don't believe what I'm uh, But we have we have a special guest. Mm-hmm. Continuing our streak, I realized something. Every guest we've had on this season is someone who was <laughs> who played trivia with us. <laughs> played trivia with <laughs> us. True. Is that true? Because we have Morgan, we have Rachel. I'm forgetting someone. Uh, JD. JD. Yeah. 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 Uh, and now Chase Mitchell. Chase Mitchell. Great Hello. Chase Mitchell, who's a writer for the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. That's right. Yeah. He's a much program. more qualified person than <laughs> either of us. He's got a gig. He's so in our everyone knows. Booth. There's no need to qualify what he does. <laughs> I sit in this booth all day, David. Uh, I'm, but yeah, of course, Ben. But yeah. you're, you know, you're at least salaried. Yeah. Anyway, hi, Chase. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me in this tiny room. Oh, thanks for being here, Chase. <laughs> now uh, we we have a lot to talk about with you. You're essentially closing this out. This yeah. is our last like formal discussion about this movie. So what's left? What are the scraps that are left for us to talk about? Today? Fucking expanded universe, bro. Oh man. Because we've torn this movie apart. We've ripped it in half. We've we've checked under the couch cushions. Mm-hmm. I never want to speak of this movie again. I hate it so I much. Know. I was so, to think I was so pumped for this movie when we started it. Because I was so sick of Phantom Menace. The first I really soured weeks, on this one. The first four weeks of this podcast, I was defending this movie. You were. You yeah. used to be way more wow, positive about it. Yeah. defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I really tried. I don't even know what I you're think saying. The f- I for a long he time. He likes the first twenty minutes. Sorry, I don't. Two. I don't even at this point. Right. But at this point, to. I don't want to look at the first twenty minutes ever <laughs> again. I don't want to smell the first twenty minutes. Have you guys been watching disgusting. it every week before you talk about it? Depends. Most weeks. Yeah. yeah it and sometimes we just watch the parts that are relevant. We need to, what to watch. We're talking mm. about. So we did like a romance episode. We did like a romance cut where you just yeah. watch. That was one of the great love stories of our t- time. I think. Yeah, that was that was what we were positing. You know? Yeah, I was gonna say it sounded like you correct yourself. I, I was gonna say it's one of the greatest love stories of our taint. <laughs> In addition to being one of the love stories of our time, it's the, one of the great love stories of our communal taint. Yeah, it's 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 really something. I uh, I don't know. I it's rare uh, to see such a compelling uh, romance uh, based entirely on uh, sand feeling rough <laughs> and um, skin feeling smooth. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, rolling around in a meadow. Yep. Um, and other things that happened. Not that you Not basically covered their whole romance. That's that's ninety percent of it. Not kissing. There's a lot of oh, not and kissing. A, a confessed uh, slaughter of uh, many women and children. That's, yeah. that's what really wasn't a deal, the deal. Was not a deal breaker. No, for it's her. a deal maker. Yeah, it was kind of a turn on it. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she goes right for him after that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Up until that point, she was like, "We can't. We have to." Show discretion, and then two scenes later, she's like, "I don't, I don't fucking care. I love you." <laughs> yeah, she's like, "I'll take you in this moisture robot moisture bathroom that we're in right now." <laughs> yeah, riding a reek. <laughs> uh, what is that? The reek is the giant, the red horned. Okay, uh, the really uncompelling CGI creature that they. Oh, in the like in the final battle scene, yes. right, yes. right, right, with the yeah. Yeah. You you don't find the CGI compelling in these films? Oh man, it just so not one frame of it stands up. <laughs> Um, um. Yeah, it's it. It looks worse than the fully CG 
uh, Clone Wars series that they were, that they did later on. Mm, like, I don't know about that one. Or do, have you heard of that one? No, I don't know. Wait, yeah, what do you? Yeah. Here's a. <laughs> that's that. I thought we were talking about expanded universe. That's true. We are talking about the expanded. Yeah, universe. we're talking about expanded universe. We're talking about fan fiction. Let's see we're what talking Griffin about says. deleted scenes. <laughs> The parameters of, of, of this podcast are very blurry. I never actually saw what you're talking about. Like, literally, I never actually saw uh, it. Is it good? No. I mean, <laughs> I, it was like, like to say, like, oh, who wants to dive back in for, you know, 11 more hours of Won't. what we just saw was bad. Well, that's what people have been doing every week on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 11 more I hours. just described what you guys have been doing. <laughs> who wants to dive back our in? Lives. You're describing our futile lives. Um, I'm no. so glad that with tomorrow, with next week's episode, it's finally it's over. The long gone. nightmare, and then yeah, we just we have to more. we'll find a new movie and a new yeah. franchise, a one off. Because here's the thing, Chase, as you know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure right now you're racking your brain thinking of other movies you've seen and going, was that part of the Phantom Menace franchise? Like wondering if other things are sequels. Yeah. Nope. As far as we know, there were two. There All were right. two movies. All right. Okay. All right. No, no. But my point here is. I, look, I didn't know that there was a Clone Wars animated series. But that makes sense to me because obviously the third movie would have been the Clone Wars. Yeah, sure. All logical storytelling. Yeah, you've sure done that. We just feel that way. Yeah, yeah, it should be the right? Clone Wars. Yeah. yeah. So if he didn't get to make the movie, I guess. Yeah, he, maybe he does a little TV so show. So many ideas. He does them as a TV show, yeah. follows it up. We'll have to look into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Jar Jar, he hasn't proposed it. He just functions as the absentee vote, right? Mm-hmm. I guess so. I thought he was the actual like proponent of the bill. Like it's called like the Binks bill. <laughs> <laughs> but the he, Binks crime bill. But he doesn't like make a speech. That's what's disappointing is that like Palpatine just goes like Jar Jar, of course, really into this bill. Mm-hmm. And Jar Jar just kind of like nods behind Palpatine. Right. Like you want to see Jar Jar have his like Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah. What would that sound like? <laughs> <laughs> I think Jar Jar kind of like slowly scoots up in his like flying Senate pod. And he loosens the tie, and he goes, Misa, not a fancy Gungan. (laughs) Misa lives underwater my whole life. All Misa know is, it's a scary world out there. Much a doo-doo. One can step in. If you don't have a friend, you send real big (laughs) doo-doo. What better friend is there than a clone? And And what good is one clone (laughs) without an army behind him? And the music swells. And he goes, I know what you said, thinking. I checked like my work, like email, like while that was happening. Although the first line was really funny, it almost kind of sounded like a rap. Like you should do a Jar Jar rap. He definitely should not do that. <laughs> yeah, I've all. Yeah, you're already in too much hot water. Hot water. No, come on. Uh, Ben's fab. Yeah, Ben's uh, indicating that I look over at his screen. I'm gonna like move my head well, slowly right. over to my to so, the screen to see what you know, he's talking about. You guys were talking about the Phantom Menace, right? Earlier yeah. on mm-hmm. in the episode, yeah, and it, it brought back some some memories of that movie. Uh huh. Remember the guy with the two the double lightsaber? Darth yeah. Maul. Yeah. What happened to that guy? We thought he was gonna come back as a clone in this movie. He we did. Really yeah. did. So I just I was like searching on the internet, mm-hmm. dude. There's a there's a third movie. What? 
a third yeah, what? A look, dark I'm looking movie? at it right now. What? This Revenge is- of the Sith. Came out in 2005. How, 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 how much Wars? do you think people can put up with us at this point that we're doing this again? Episode three? <laughs> wait, wait. There's a third movie? It's Revenge of the Sith? What? How many people take that's it seriously? That's a typo. <laughs> oh, you yeah, think it's ju- it should just it's just two? I mean, it's yeah. Wikipedia. I'm not wearing my glasses. I can't see how many Roman numerals there are. I, I don't I'm know. I'm seeing three eyes. There's now, three eyes. Chase, have you heard of this movie, uh, Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith? No, and I refuse to acknowledge its existence. <laughs> that's a wise move. <laughs> <laughs> For you, this film is expanded universe. Right, episode click, three. Yes. Click right. over there. Click on that one. Yeah. Click. No, no, that's the one on the Wikipedia. Oh, sure, the IMDb. Who directed it? Two thousand and five. It's George Lucas. George written, Portrait. Written and directed by George Lucas. Yeah. Starring, did it. Starring Hayden Christensen, Natalie Portman, and Ewan McGregor. It's what? the same actors too. Again, those so guys. He, he fucking pulled it off. He did a full trilogy. Wow. He fully realized the ambition of this story. I'm wow. so that's that's so crazy. Three movies, what everyone aims to do. Three <laughs> movies to cover one story. There's more Jimmy is, Smiths. Wow. There's what? more Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> There's more Samuel L. Jackson. Smith's his fifth bill. <laughs> no, he's six bills. I can't believe okay. it. The Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> oh my God. This is incredible. Uh, Why, crazy I, bastard did it ten years ago. I thought we were gonna have to move on to Paulacast, our podcast. To Paulacast? About- our podcast about Paula Robin Thicke's follow-up album to Blue Lines. <laughs> we are going to do that. And Don't worry Paula about Poundstone. it. It's and Paula, Paula Poundstone. Poundstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might have to do Revenge of the Podcast. Oh, uh, we're going to. We've got to do Revenge of the Podcast. How do you think this one's going to be? Oh, I, you know, I just am sure this is where he figured it all out and he ties everything together. He's going to pull all every, The clones are going to make sense now. and Yeah, now they're going to attack, finally. Yeah, yeah. After. On the poster, there's like a guy with like a, a black helmet. Like a... Mm, must be a new character. That's cr- Yeah, I've never seen that, that before. Yeah. Okay, well, as always, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, to close this out, here is a supercut of our favorite moments with Dexter Jetster. Okay, so we get to this diner. Dexter Jetster. It resembles a sort of 50s Americana iconography that we know. Then the next thing we see is the waitress. Uh, uh, honey, sit where you'd like. Like, she says honey, which is a kind of, like, you know, colloquialism that we haven't heard. That's true. That's true. Everyone talks so formally in these films. Right. Like, in like, but that, it's so jarring. Yeah, okay, so she's got We're the gonna accent. We're going to spend 20, 40, 40 minutes on this fucking diner scene before we get to the fucking clones. This might just be a diner episode. Ah, uh, diner. It's a space movie, and we're in a 50s diner. Okay, I like she's a short order cook. What is going on? Dexter Jester perhaps created a 50s culture. Yeah, right. He established it. He established um, that, that, in fact, what we identify as being the 50s culture was a throwback to what Dexter had done a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And she goes, Dex, sweetie, someone here to see you. He turns around. We see him. He's got the greasy shirt, yep. big belly, mustache, wide smile. Ah! We're like, okay, here we go. And then his voice comes out, and I cannot, I, I've now watched the movie maybe five times, I cannot place his accent. Who is the actor? I looked him up. He's like an Australian character actor. He hasn't done a lot. The voice is great. I mean, he's got an amazing, like, robust... Great. It's it's okay. I'm not saying it's... A, well, once again, save it for the performance review. But I'm just saying that he does have this booming, powerful voice. Like, there's a lot of personality there. Ronald Falk. That's oh, his name. boy, Ronald Falk. I'd fuck you so hard. Mm. He's like, oh, this dark, you know, it comes from a Camino. Camino. Okay. Camino. Well, well, splitting here.
Mm. Splitting mustache hairs. The whole planet does one thing. All it does is clone. And he describes it as being like way off the map. Way off the map. Beyond the outer rim. Yeah. And like, yeah, really, really, really secret. Oh, this is a big detail. He says he knows about it because he found it in his prospecting days. Yeah, right. He was a prospector. Okay. Oh, Dexter Jetster. He should get a spinoff for a TV show or a talk show. Well, I mean, he'd give a he'd do a great talk show, but I I know I was gonna say why not do a fucking Dexter Jetster sitcom in the traditional like Alice. Uh, God, what, let's just talk about Dexter Jetster again for a whole episode. Uh, um, no, no more mention of Jex- Dexter Jetster ever again. Okay, that's not true. We're gonna definitely gonna talk. We're definitely about gonna talk about it again. You kind of have a Dexter Jetster mustache right now. I because your mustache is quite thick. I, yeah, and and um, and sort of distractingly prominent as a result because it's thicker than the rest of your. Uh, well, and Dexter Jetster has that too, where he's yeah. got stubble no, on the rest, you're, you're but like, the mustache is grown up. Yeah. He's got a caterpillar on his fucking yeah. lips. Yeah. Oh, man. Dexter Jetster. Oh, we talked a lot a about the 50s diner. <laughs> I heard it. You were yeah, listening to that episode. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to do two more episodes just on the dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. Ron Falk is Dexter Jetster. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yes. Uh, David. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ben. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I know. This course. is a great performance. All right. We talked about him for 45 minutes. We couldn't even figure out his voice. I mean, he's the one guy who seems <sighs> to be doing a, like, post-melting pot galaxy in which every culture is mashed together. He seems to have all... It's the be- This is the best. He's, yeah. Okay. This is the best. But this is my point. And then someone like Dexter Jetser, you know I love him, I think looks like a PlayStation 1 cut. He does. He does. Dexter he, Jetser he looks does not really Dexter Dexter the, the diner, the diner owner. owner. Yeah. I like the design of him a lot, but the animation itself is just ben like, like that. Ben like it looks the, uh, it looks like a fucking PlayStation One game. Now I don't know if you remember Chase, but Dexter is the owner of the diner. Oh, how could I forget? Of course, yeah. <laughs> Griffin's favorite character in the movie. Dex is a great pal of mine, and we get along splendidly when I visit his restaurant. Of course, it's usually when the man I love, Quinlan Voss, has to go to Dex for information on his ridiculous quest to find this mysterious guy called a Sith Lord. But it's great to see. Dex and his diner, nevertheless. Perhaps what I like even more about Dex's diner, though, this is chapter three of it. I skipped the first two because the first two aren't good. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. So to sum up, Dex has got great food and drink, too, and sometimes... You talk about the food. ...likes to snitch... a Yelp review? (laughs) It has a beautiful decor... Colored in the Griffin, same color. What? This is boring okay. as shit. Fine. <laughs> you want me to pump it up? Yeah. Do you want me to pump it up? Yes. I'm so glad there's no decks like uh, sex fiction, though. Look, I, thought, I thought that's what we were building. Me too. Towards. I thought we were building no, that. No, fine. Yeah. I'll read a different story. Because he does have four arms like Dirk yeah. 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 I'll I'll, I'll go to a different story. He's got a lot of stories. (laughs) It works very late nights. The diner's open 24 hours. I got different... You guys think this is boring? I was trying to fucking go highbrow. Oh. 